All right, partner. Keep on rolling, baby. You know what time it is. Welcome to the Eat, Slay, Live podcast. And we are the Locksecutioners. We're going to be eating lightning and talking thunder and bayonetting you right in the ear holes today. Love the song. Got to work on that speaker. Have you start sending you reminders. Have you ever heard a Limp Biscuit song and not just wanted to fight someone? I I about donkey freaking kicked you right in the back of the head. I was giving you the back of my head, too. I was not keeping an eye (laughs) on you. When Limp Biscuit comes on, dude, head on a swivel. Head on a swivel. (laughs) Like it's like it's 1993 and you're at max timeout. Okay. On a Thursday night, dollar bottles. I was I was 10 then. Okay. So anyway, I was 19. (laughs) (laughs) Even better. (laughs) What's up, brother? We're back in the studio. We are being our consistent this new consistency we have turning over new leaves we we do good us lots of getting better every day and you know what during this two weeks we did things podcast wise right yep talk about the new studio we'll talk about that we've had a couple meetings shit even this morning yep breakfast and a meeting about podcasting Mm -hmm. we've met at my house last sunday Mm -hmm. things we're rolling man we are we are into this Uh, you brought up the new podcast studio. Mm-hmm. We have decided we are making the move. We are uh, going to be moving over to what will now be named as ESL Studios. Yes. Love it. Like that name. Yeah. So um, I guess we'll probably start. Um, I don't want to say const- not construction, but we'll start on the uh, maintenance of it or the redoing it mm-hmm. um, probably as early as this week and the next week. Now, as and you know, you're the sound man. I'm every I'm everything else to this podcast. As the treasurer, just want to let you know, our financially we are very much in the hole. Okay, so <laughs> uh, well, even before we're making this move, we're in the no, hole. That's what, I know that's <laughs> what I'm saying. We're really going into the red. You know, we we we. But you know, I think you you we have the same thought on it. We don't play golf. We don't have some fishing boat in our garages that we go we don't have hobbies like that this is kind of our hobby four runner quad yeah side by side freaking you know i i sent you something the other day that was kind of a meme with elon musk on it and it it was it's something to the fact like i don't use my money to show i have money i use my money to make more money something like that yeah but uh, i feel like you and I, any money that we make, we just go right back into our business. If I make some money, I'm buying new equipment. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not driving a vet around or something like that, you know? And yeah. so anyway, this this is our hobby. And I feel like we're just going to kind of put some time and some some finances into it. We, we talked about renting it out, you know, and so we already have someone kind of interested. I don't want to say partnering up. We're not going to say partnering up, but someone who's already, he's going to be helping us with the demo. We have someone that's getting in on the, on the groundwork with us mm-hmm. who is going to then start their show in there as well. Um, but they are going to split pretty much everything that it costs to do what we got to do. We got to take down a wall. Obviously we got to paint. We got to, we're going to do some different things with the wall. We got to do a new floor. Um, 
uh, we got to put heating and cooling in. Yeah. We don't and heat and cool. What? <laughs> I don't even have to cool my house. Why would I heat and cool this podcast? This guy though. seemed like he wanted it in there. Me and you, we just bundle up a little bit. <laughs> hey, man, I'm from Calhoun, although. <laughs> Here we go. But so there is there is some cost to go into it. Yeah. And so we're all three going to split that. So, yeah, I don't want to say partner, but we do have someone signed up who is going to start his podcast. I'm excited well. about it. And we have talked to a couple others who have shown interest yes. in maybe coming under and. You know, what's funny is the, this guy we're talking about. So I said, hey, you know, he's been talking to me a while about wanting to do this. And I said, hey, we're, you know, come up, be in Ross. Well, come over and let me show you the new studio. Now, what I did before I took him over and showed him the space, I put the, I put the headphones on him and put him in front of the microphone. And we just had some conversations, hooked him. I hooked him. <laughs> you did hook him. He talked for, he talked about two minutes and he goes, I was born for this. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, bud. Calm down there, Walter Cronkite. After we did the walk, after you guys came in here, talked on the mic, we went and did the walkthrough, mm -hmm. showed him what we were thinking, he was in, came back over here. I went home to have dinner with my family, come back to work. <laughs> you guys are still chatting it up. Yeah, well, we had some refreshments, <laughs> and we just sat here and pretended like we were recording. <laughs> Good times. Um, so th that is a definite. We are going to be moving. Yes. ESL Studio coming soon. Yes. We're pumped. Yes. Going to be a, a and lot. I feel like I've said this a million times, but this time they've been ordered. We've ordered shirts. I was going to bring that up as well. Both logos. Merchandise is coming. Swag. They call swag. it. I think the kids call it swag, Ross. Okay. Um, those are ordered. I. I don't want to tell you how many I ordered, but we ordered a lot, and we're basically just going to be giving them away. Just, did, did the number go up from what we decided on? Well, we had a big number, and you're like, yeah, and then like, wait, let's drop it down to this number. So I kind of met it in the middle. Okay. Okay. So it's a lot of shirts. That works. So uh, people, thing people, else. people who talk to us about the podcast, maybe get a shirt. Okay, that just putting that out if there. If you come up to me in the streets and you talk to me about eat, say live, you're getting a shirt. I guarantee you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're getting a shirt until Todd says, "Hey, that's that's your limit, bud." <laughs> right, right. So, uh, anything else before we move on to get to the important part here? No, but I don't think so. All right, you, you do the honors. Well, you uh, like that? You like you do the honors? I do you not like. On. No, I do not like what. <laughs> What you did, because you know, oh, the oh, I see it. I'm, I'm not that. Yes. See what I'm working with. Listen, I, I think I need to preface this for our guest. You already know. So I, I slept no minutes last night, and you know, you, you sometimes you're like, I didn't get any sleep last night. It was like one of those, like, oh, I just tossed and turned. I slept zero point zero minutes, and I had the, my alarm was going to go off at three forty five, so it finally at like I don't know two, I just got up and went to the gym. Your energy level is still impressive so I'm far. I'm faking it, bud. I am faking <laughs> all this. Got a, little, got a little iced tea, got a little pre-workout in, okay? I'm just, just you shadow got a, You boxing. got a crash coming up in, I, in the I have, future. Yes, I do. So uh, our guest today is the Honorable Sarah D. Smith, okay? My friend, we have a lot to cover with her, Ross, right? Now, here's something interesting about uh, Sarah today she came in with like a Santa bag that we took a selfie of and, and they're gifts for us now uh, it's like Christmas and we were gonna open them we were gonna uh, open them <laughs> like children we were going to open them just like before now and they're like you know what maybe we should start a trend here and we'll just open them on this show Sarah welcome to the show and Ross you're not gonna believe that Sarah listens to our show is that eight listeners or is just one? 
or is one she just of, one of the eight? Yeah. I, I'm not sure. So do we go up one? Let's count it nine. nine. Let's make it an even Sweet. nine, Ross. Making an even nine. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. It's, I'm happy to be here. And so I did bring some gifts, and yes. part of it is yes. because I feel like you're you're welcoming me into the Locks home. Oh, so it's we like are. A, you know, and also because I have not gotten back with you, it took us so long. We, we haven't brought that makeup up. gifts. We, actually, we kind of <laughs> forgot about bringing that up. We're not going to. Okay. <laughs> Well, I know Todd was trying to get a hold of me for a long time, and for many of my friends who know me well, I really suck at responding. So this is kind of also a makeup. Sorry okay, about that. we, that's it. We'll we'll take it. We can be bought easily. I'm just hoping Doesn't... that one of your friends listens to the show. Oh, they do. Sweet. They absolutely do. We'll get you more. We'll get you more. Than all right, that. all right. We're okay, so eleven, twelve. You, yeah. Do you want to open them, or do you want me to pass them out? Or how okay. Do you how, to... Yeah. I don't know. Okay. However you want to do it. You're the one that brought the gifts. Okay, yes. Here we go. Yes. It's your call. Like I said, summer serious. Some okay. Are a little fun. Okay. Okay. Here's the first two. These are little okay. things that I thought of, and you guys can decide which. Ooh, <laughs> black got it. Thank you, Ross. <laughs> so this, and we actually, I have a banner of this hanging at my gym, and I'm holding it up, Ross, like there's a camera right now. There's no camera. We're not camera set. It says nobody cares. Work harder. We I saw it. it today while I was. Uh, at Pride. Humble brag. Humble brag yep. that you came to circuit. <laughs> Just want to throw it in there. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Love like, it. Love I know that's it. your theme. I know and that's, I had, that's my theme too. I, Work harder. I mean, I was very excited. Don't, don't get me wrong. I don't care what's in that bag. You tell me you gave me a gift. I'm fucking pumped. Okay? <laughs> I did not think it was going to be this cool. No, I thought it was a good start. I thought Usually like, I gave this one out last. I, I thought it would be like a button. I said, oh, Sarah Smith, <laughs> a public court judge. It would be like some of her old, like, political campaign she just stuff. gave us a hoodie both of us got a hoodie that says nobody cares work harder yes it says hoodie yeah. yes okay yes. gosh there's a good right start okay that's i have an first. erection <laughs> <laughs> sorry all right the next one i'm a crazy sock person so i've got a couple we of love socks <laughs> we love socks so there's some socks and this one i thought of you and then these two <laughs> boom oh i like ross look at I'm holding them up again. Mary Lithmus. <laughs> These are. <laughs> that does look like Nux. <laughs> Nux. Yes. And just know some of these are ridiculous. Like I am a huge practical jokester at the courthouse and stuff. So this I know this may sound really random gifts, but they just Hey. This is one this. for little man. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my so I hope your wife's onesie. okay with that. Oh, I hope your yeah, wife's okay absolutely. with that. Absolutely. She's our she's one of our eight listeners. Okay. <laughs> um she got me a onesie for Keck, who's two months old now, that says slay all day. <laughs> and it's big enough so he can wear it like next summer too. So This is better than Christmas. <laughs> Alright, yes. another one for you, Todd. Because of knuckles. And it lights <laughs> uh, up. <laughs> nice. Nice. So uh I have a, a stocking cap that has a pug on it. And it's, and it lights up. It's very cool. Yes. Can't wait very for cool. that to be in the next video. Okay, these two these two are my favorite, and I'll let you guys decide. These two uh -oh. are my favorite gifts. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take the I'm, I'm taking the Galanti one. Okay. I'm taking <laughs> only because those are two of my favorite people, and I just said I had to, and especially after Dave called, you know, texted we, last yeah, night talking trash. So she got some <laughs> socks, <laughs> and they say they say eat, slay, live on them, and then mine have Dave Galanti's face all over him, like an actual picture of his face, and, <laughs> and Ross's has Adam Marbury's all over. <laughs> 
the best. You know, I tried to find Dave Galantis. Have you seen his picture with all of his hair? That Ken yes. Kind of oh. I looked and looked. I think they've removed it from social media, but I was trying <laughs> well, to get that, that wasn't, one. You know, that wasn't a real picture of him. That was photoshopped. It wasn't? All that hair. No. no. I did not know no. that. Are you that, sure? But he has long hair? Yeah. No. That was, that was a really good it Photoshop. Was, Are you kidding good. me? Yeah, that was not real. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm wearing because I'm going to Dave's the oh, Galanti Law you Firm. Wear that. Oh, this is. <laughs> Speaking of erections, nothing Dave would like more than someone wearing an article of clothing with his face on it. You know, I think he's even got a chaw in during in this, right? Yes, right. I think it's that your. I think I grabbed that from your when he was finished with the circuit or something. <laughs> These two people, you couldn't have picked out better face pictures them. of each of them. I wanted to know when you're going to wear the Marburger socks. <laughs> it's going to be epic and I'm going to figure yes. it out. It's going yes, very random and epic. Yes. Okay, last funny gift, Todd, wow. this is for you. All right. And I was just rolling whenever I saw it. I was totally cool. Because of you and your costumes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is like an, a giant adult size Santa onesie, but it's but shorts. It's shorts. shorts. <laughs> That's awesome. Put it on. I'm going. Put it to, on. Oh, I'm going at the first bathroom break. It's going on. Maybe you know what? Dave's Dave's oh, Dave's yes. uh, party. I wear the the Santa Claus onesie and the, the socks, socks with his face on it. The, hey, that I don't know how long it is, but it tucked into the socks. Right. Yeah. Or just or actually, I think the socks will probably come right oh, yep, up to the onesie. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> This is and then the a, last thing. Oh, thing. No, oh the last thing. I don't know when it's going to end. No, this is it. Just because okay, I know okay. you guys are tequila connoisseurs, Woo! I picked up some tequila for you. Although I am a whiskey person, but we, hey, I don't know if we've ever done this before, but we're having shots on air today. Okay. Nobody brings that in. Okay. So okay. And this is just because I know you guys start your. I promise, I'm a listener. I am not just a one and done <laughs> you, listener. Do do I am it, like yeah, no, a listener. Like these are these are personal personal yes. gifts. Clean, I promise. Okay. It's freaking Ross's birthday and Christmas, right? You, did you promise her the shot glass was clean? He did. You did. Mm-hmm. You promised her. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I mean, as that, yeah, so clean, yeah clean. that's what yeah. you're going with. Okay. All I mean, right. not as clean as the glass in her cabinets, but clean. <laughs> Sir, clean. Well, and maybe it hasn't been used in a month. How about that? Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> Uh, I, as a bar owner, should know this. How do you pronounce that? Oh, my goodness. I have oh, no talk. idea. I'm Come not on. a tequila person. I'm half uh, Mexican. Uh, tequila. It says tequila. Yeah. There you go. It's tequila. <laughs> this, this I don't know. He just told me it was good. Yeah, it the guy. Good. Yeah, the guy at Friar Tuck said it was good. So. All right. Well, Ross is opening that. We get... We- <laughs> I could sit here and open gifts all day. I feel like I just did. You know, like, one of the things that we talked about today mm-hmm. at our yes, meeting, this is this this isn't it weird how things just come together. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. You, well, I stole it from you, but yeah. go ahead. Um, I was going to say I don't know what you were talking about really, huh. but I was going to say um, we were going to talk about introductions. Mm-hmm. Like the oh, greatest introduction of all time. <laughs> yeah, we were, yeah, we were talking about things we needed to work you, on. Was in yeah. but you know what we talked about? We talked, and this had nothing to do with you. Oh, yeah, him yeah. and I talked about giving gifts. And one time I did a video on here. Every once a week, every week I tried at least give one person just a random gift. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just a random gift. And uh, and I've I did a little video on the Eat Say Live thing one time, and just saying like when you do it, I feel so good doing that. And you, I, I get back more 
then I give out. And it's not the reason you do it. You don't give a gift so you can get a gift. But man, it's a great reward that happens. You know? <laughs> it is. We talked about this for yes, 10 minutes. Now. I mean, yes. it was for a while. We talked about some gifts he just gave out. I gave out a, a really good gift to someone this week. I, I just patted myself on the yeah. back. But And actually, I gave Ross, Ty, and uh, my and nephew today, these yeah. gold chains today. Yeah, so, so today I walk in, and I'll give you some props real quick. I walk in, and Todd has a gift for me. And so he gets me, and I'm just saying this because, I mean, this is gift gift, gift, <laughs> gift day, I guess. He gets me a, a gold necklace. It's very retro looking mm-hmm. with the number 22 on it, which we my our mom had got them for all of us when we were growing up. She, at least she got mine. I yeah. thought she got everybody. Yeah. yeah. So we all had them growing up. Once we got in like high school, she gifted them we to us. We probably gave them to some chicken head who, when we broke up with them, kept mine back. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so he rock, he came in, gave me this. Then Sarah comes in with a bag of freaking gifts. Santa Claus bag full of gifts. <laughs> what a day! Yeah, I love picking out Ross, gifts. Ross, we've forgiven her, haven't we? We've forgiven Thank her, you. and it's not a gift card. Like I, you know, with forgiven gifts, her. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Let's cheers. cheers! Cheers! Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank, Thank you. Thank you guys for having me on. It's good. It is. Smooth. That's smooth. Yeah. Todd didn't even do his. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't want her to see me do it. All right, All Sarah. Right. We got to get. We got to get into this, right? Yes. Wow. What a. That wasn't. What a start. Yeah. It, it, he like he said at breakfast. We were like, we got to start figuring out a better way to introduce our guests. We're always awkward with it. We don't know what to do, and we kind of tossed out some ideas, and but we did. We didn't use them today. No. They should bring you gifts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> future, future, uh, future guest. You know, write that down. So we got Sarah on. We're just gonna kind of, you know, how we roll on this. We're gonna kind of, kind of start from the beginning. You know, where you're from, and just rolling. You have, we have a lot to cover with you. You've done a lot. It's, you know what, Ross? What you know? What we got to start doing. We get these amazing guests in, and they seem like they get a little more amazing every time. We got it, and it makes us just look terrible we gotta start getting more losers in like vandiver <laughs> you know what i'm saying we know gotta, where you're going with we this we gotta but. stay on the vandiver we need more, we next, you know what i'm so saying we don't need to get better we need to get worse guests yeah no 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 i'm not right we're not rising okay we're pun- we're gonna start we need to punch down some more so sarah uh where'd you grow up uh moro illinois a little moro. small town right outside of Edwardsville. Mm-hmm. So I, Did you go to Edwardsville I like to Bethalto. say it's right outside of Bethalto. Oh, oh, right outside. There you go. That too. Midway was where I went to elementary. And uh, this was back, you know, in the day where Edwardsville only had one stoplight. So that was going into town, yeah. you know, in Edwardsville. So real small little subdivision, Deerfield subdivision is where I grew up until about junior high. And then we did move into the big city of Edwardsville. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, as Edwardsville, the growth of that place in the last just 10 years is insane, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 incredible. And now I'm wanting to move back out. Like that's where we live currently, and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to move back. Sick out. of the traffic. Yes, I'm tired yeah. of the traffic, and <laughs> it just doesn't feel that hometown feeling anymore. Yeah. So. Right. Right. And when you say you're from Edwardsville, there's a stigma that applies to it now, especially if you're in. What are you giving me that look for, Ross? I'm, I didn't know there was a and, stigma. Well, there kind of is, okay. you know, and especially Sarah, do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. As, oh, okay. Yeah, there's definitely a stigma, especially if you're from like Alton or Godfrey. They really don't like. 
Edwardsvillians, I guess, is that how you say and, it? And, spe- and especially with people who like, you know, grew up in Alton, whatever, and then all of a sudden they, they kind of like, they, they kind of rise like in the professional and they move to Edwardsville. Yes. You know, damn sellouts, Ross. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, if, like you're an, if you're an attorney, like you're in a law clerk, you're living in some little apart, crappy apartment in Alton, whatever, and then once, once you become attorney, then you move to Edwardsville, Ross. That's just the, that's the way it rolls. <laughs> it's the Simmons way. <laughs> So, uh, what? So, what was the first thing you remember you wanted to be growing up? Oh, definitely an attorney. Def- you knew that? Yes. From wow. I mean, from the earliest memory I have, you know, five years old, I've always wanted to be an attorney. And wow. I think a lot of it had to do. My grandmother used to always watch uh, what was that L.A. Law and Night mm-hmm. Court all the time. And so, just from the from the jump, I knew I wanted to be an attorney. And I loved to read too, so that kind of helped. Yeah, uh, I, I, I envy people that knew right from the beginning, right? I feel like it just puts you on a better course for life, right? Yeah. Yeah. So not there just can't be a lot of people out there that from the get-go have that much like, that's, this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And then you become that. But yeah, again, like something we talked about before, that gets you such so, so far ahead. I had no idea, yeah, there was no idea what I was going to do. Yeah. My counselor sat me down in college. Hey, what are you going to do? Oh, I got to decide right now. Yeah, you do. Okay. <laughs> she knew at five years old. So, so how did you, how did you go about making that happen? I mean, did you, you know, did you, in high school, did you do anything pertaining towards law or? So I was involved in a lot of, um, more like political science, government type groups. I was class president. I was in student government. Nerd. I was a big nerd. Yes, I was a big nerd. But um, I read a lot. I just knew I wanted to read a lot. I read a mm-hmm. lot of biographies at a young age of you know great lawyers and watched mm-hmm. a lot of legal movies. Um, but there's really not much you can do until you get to college. I mean, that's really where if you want to go to law school, that's really where you need to focus. But right. Yeah. And, and where did you do your undergrad? I went to undergrad in Millican, um, up in Decatur. And then I did four years there as a pre-law um, and political science. And then I moved out to the East Coast thinking I was going to be this big, crazy, wild lawyer and politician out uh-huh. in D.C. And I realized something about the Midwest just sucked me right back home. So <laughs> How long that were you was out there? The, I was out there for about five years. I got my master's out there, my law degree. And then I kind of hung around um, just because of what I was doing um, with mixed martial arts and then moved back. Um, and so you you also joined the military early, right? Were oh, absolutely. Right out of high school. Were you still in high school? No, I was still in high school. And it was one of those things where me and a group of my girlfriends were driving to a Cardinals game. And one of those, uh, you know, commercials, be all that you want to be kind of thing uh-huh. came on. And I was like, you know what? That's always something that's kind of interests me. And of course, my girlfriends were like, what? You were crazy. Right, right. And I think it was like a bet for a six pack of beer <laughs> that I would never make it through basic training. <laughs> and the very next day I showed up there in Collinsville, I'll never forget. And I walked in without even telling my parents or really? I was 17. And uh, I walked in and I was like, hey, I want to enlist. And he's like, can you do 10 pushups? And I'm like, sure. So I got down, did 10 pushups. He's like, all right, let's sign you up. And he's like, well, how old are you? And I'm like, 17 he's like oh man we're you know we're gonna have to go get a waiver yeah wait my parents need to know this (laughs) so i you know i bring him home and i'll never forget coming in the door and i'm walking in the door with you know this military like uh, they had no idea that that they not they didn't wow they had zero idea and i was like hey mom i just uh enlisted i needed your signature and needless to say her and my dad took the you know recruiter in the other room and they ended up signing, mm-hmm. but it was not a... I should have probably given them a heads up, now, looking back. Sergeant Margaret did the opposite 
to me. Like she said, she brought the recruiter to her parents. They didn't know they were coming. I didn't know the recruiter was coming. Sergeant Margaret was bringing him to me. That's it was the opposite way. Here, sign this kid. <laughs> well, mom, what job am I going to do? <laughs> Infantry. It pays. It pays an extra bonus. <laughs> Get out of here. So you joined the joined the reserves. I did. Yes. Yeah. What What was your job? Your I was a mechanic. Or? Mechanic. Yeah, I, I was a mechanic. I yeah. loved. Uh, you know, my dad and I we worked on a '64 Ford Falcon um, all through high school, and so mm-hmm. I loved that. Plus, it came with a bonus, the fifteen hundred dollar bonus. Mm-hmm. So I got two thousand. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's infantry. Big baller. <laughs> So signed up as a mechanic, and then immediately that next summer went to basic training. So I kind of did the split option. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did both like back to back and okay. missed like a semester of college doing it that way. Yeah. So you get in, and, I, and we'll touch on it later, but you, you had a long career in the military. Once you got in, did you know, hey, I'm going to do this for a long time? You just loved it? Or? No, I actually had no idea. And, and as an enlisted, they don't really tell you all of the benefits that you've got. You mm-hmm. know, so... I'm not thinking, I'm just thinking, okay, it's helping for school. I love doing what I'm doing. I'm getting a drill paycheck, that sort of thing. And it wasn't until about the 10 year mark when I was in for about 10 years that I was like, oh, wait a second, you know, 10 more years, I can retire. I've got First some- of all, you're acting like 10 oh. years isn't a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I thought six was an eternity, but like 10, I got, you know. <laughs> well, the thing about it is, is, you know, there was a couple summers in, in college that I took a study abroad and they don't tell you that, you know, you have to make all of your mutas or your drills in order to get a good retirement year. So it wasn't until about year 10 when all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I've got 10 years in. I've only got 10 more to go. And then I went to HR and they're like, well, remember those two years where you didn't do annual training and that doesn't count. So technically you've only got eight. And I'm like, what? You know, so but it was about the 10 year mark that I knew I'm sticking it out. Right. And, and like, and you're talking about like the government not really telling you about the benefits and things. And you pr- probably just got, as you got older and more mature, you started finding them out on your yes. own. <laughs> they're not, they're not telling you that no, crap, not you know? Um, so then you, you graduate from, uh, you graduate from law school and so what's our move? What's our first, what's our first move? There? And then did you stay a mechanic in the, or so once the, you got your law degree, how did, how did Yeah, that? I did. I actually stayed as a mechanic because again, the government not telling you what's going on. And so here I am, I passed the bar, I'm a lawyer, I'm out in the motor pool and everybody's like, what are you doing? You're a lawyer underneath, you know, all these deuce and a halfs. And finally my company commander comes out and he's like, Smith, get over here. And I'm like, yes, sir. What's going on? He's like, look at these LESs, you know, that, so that's a military paycheck stuff. He's like, this is what you're making as an E5. This is what you'd be making as a first lieutenant. And at that time, my law school loans were coming in, and I'm yeah. like, what the hell am I doing? Like, I love doing, you know, the mm-hmm. mechanic stuff. Uh, but I was, So that's when I applied for my commission how, to become an officer. How much of, how much of your school did, was paid for through, through the military? It would have been a whole lot more if I wasn't stubborn and if I would have went to public schools okay, so, so that's what i was wondering yeah i went to private it is and so is um the university i went for law school was also private if i would have went to public schools it would have likely been all paid for but do you regret that a hundred percent yes yeah, you do. <laughs> what, what was I your mind re- what was your mindset back then of why why were you such stuck on private i, I think it was like I, I'm, I'm probably being a snob you know like oh i wanted to be a lawyer so i need like you graduation. guys from eddardsville yes stigmas it's true there is a little bit of truth to that but yeah i just thought oh i've got to go to these private schools because that'll help with you know a degree is a degree you pass the bar exam they really don't care it, so let me let me ask so if you would have went public on both how much were they paid for oh all of it all of it yes all of it Ooh. yeah 
<laughs> considering here I am a judge and I'm still paying my law school. Fees. So let's just put <laughs> well, that out And there. also when you're younger, you think, well, I'm going to become an attorney. I'll make so much money. Oh, I'll right. pay this loan off the first year. Right. Right. <laughs> wrong. Yeah. Wrong. Yeah. You know, like I, like I talking about that, you know, I was in the National Guard. I went to East Illinois Public School. I didn't owe one student loan mm. when I got out. Yeah. So that's yeah. It, I, I try to steer kids that way. You know what I'm saying? I hate it when I was in it, but it is a great move. You know it what I'm saying? Just is. paying your school off and just, you know, besides teaching the discipline and things like that. But yeah, I try to steer all kids to Sounds it. like you needed it though. What's that? <laughs> Probably should go back. <laughs> I think all boys need it, to be honest. Yeah, right? I, mean, I hate to say it, but wouldn't uh, that be great if like you had to do like a just a year? Give them a year. Basic like basic training, AIT, and then, you know, you know, do a you know, another like, you know, 10 month stint. Oh, absolutely. That, that would be an amazing. Yeah, because I've gotten more from the military. You know, a lot of people, you know, this is maybe a little bit off topic, but a lot of people come up to me if I'm or me or my husband in uniform or anything. And they're like, thank you for your service. And there for a while, it was like such an awkward thing. Like, what do you say? Like, you're welcome? No. So finally, about five years ago, I realized, you know, now what are my response is it's a privilege because it truly is. I mean, I've gotten more out of the military than it's gotten out of me, you know, mm -hmm. and and, and I've given them a lot, but I've right. definitely got a lot. They're just the life experiences I've had, the people that I've met, you know, the different things that I've done. So it's it's for anybody who is questioning if you're at that age, you know, the high school age, you don't know if college is right for you, 100% go to the military. You know, and here's the thing about joining the military is, and like, like you're young and say you join at 18, you know, like, and people are like, you know, you do 20 years, you can retire, get full pension. And at 18, you think 38, like, I'm half, I'm dead. I mean, 38, I'm in the nursing home at that point. But I, I just turned 38. <laughs> right. You could have just retired out of the military and started, you know, yeah, whatever. You know, another career with getting your full pension, you know. I started pride at like, you know, that, that age, you know, so. Yeah, when you're 18, you don't think, oh, you mean I can get health insurance for my entire family for $198? You yeah. know what I mean? A month? Right. They don't, you don't think that. Uh, right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It helps. So, uh. So career-wise, where are we where are we headed? Right out of right out of college. Well, let's let's back up a little bit. Okay. So you graduate law school. What's the next step? I think we kind of. Yeah. So I graduated law school, and it, it was a really tough time again because I loved being out in Virginia, but you know I I missed home so bad, and so I had to figure out: was I going to take the Virginia bar? Was I going to take the Illinois bar? I ended up taking the Illinois bar, so I moved back past the Illinois bar, which was the absolute worst thing ever. <laughs> now you said you, you stayed on the East coast and like, we're skipping like MMA. Like, yes. let's talk about you whooping some ass yeah. real quick. Let's, let's, <laughs> Ross, I didn't want to get into that because you know what? I'm kind of the MMA expert in this room. And I'm afraid she's going to just come in here, whoop my ass. And I, you know what I'm saying? And I lose all credibility, you know? <laughs> no, you are still the MMA expert. Those were my okay, old right glory that, days. Right that, See, down, you're still, yeah, no, I, that's what I did. So, um, I started MMA. What year would have this been? This would have been probably 1999, 2000. Okay. So I started it my first year of my master's degree when I moved out. To now, when you say year. MMA, you, I know you did Muay Thai. Did you yes. start MMA like full? No, I started Muay Thai. Sorry, I mean, no, I'm just, no, I'm just, I'm not. He's I'm a not professional. Well, 
<laughs> I'm not trying to discredit. Which I'm just I'm just trying to. Hear so I started path. with Muay Thai. Yeah. So because MMA Muay back Thai. then would have been cutting edge, like right. You know. Well, especially for females. I yeah. Mean, there well, was yeah. hardly anybody out there. So no, I started with Muay Thai, and then I later got into Brazilian Jiu Jitsu under the um, Hicks and Gracie, and then I also d- dabbled a little bit in um, with F- Filipino Kali with the sticks and the knives and stuff. I mean, but, who doesn't dabble in the <laughs> sticks, Ross? You know, <laughs> sticks and the knives and the swords. A couple <laughs> years ago that night, you and I and I dabbled this stick upside your head that time. Remember that? <laughs> I don't. No, you don't. <laughs> so you're training out there. Yes. So now did we do do some fights? Or I did. I had a great, I mean, and shout out to my Lynx uh, Academy team that I still keep in contact with. We had some great trainers out there. And like I said, being a female at that time, really there weren't a whole lot of female fighters out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started and then I, I just fell in love with it. And then I met a lot of folks and we started kind of a fight club out there. And so, you know, you talk about going to the gym at two o'clock in the morning we would be there every Friday and Saturday night at the gym, you know, till late at night, just hitting uh-huh. bag sparring and doing that sort of thing. And then. And, and Muay Thai was even more sort of like, an, I don't want to say underground, but less talked about. Oh, absolutely. Then. Yeah. Nobody what knew what I was, when I would tell them, it's like, no, it's Muay Thai. Under right. Arjun Chai, I mean, it's, it's, the like, best, it's the best uh, striking discipline there is out there, basically, in, in my opinion. Right. right. And now, now there's a lot of places yes, out there. Yes, exactly. But back in the day, it was mostly, you know, Taekwondo, where you're like kicking your, with your feet and you're going to break well, every bone in your foot. You're and, not doing yeah. No, yeah. I'm not, yeah, kicking <laughs> with my shin. I'm going to chop you down with my shin, not my that's, foot. That's for the children. Yes. So <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I And that's what kind of kept me, after I graduated law school, I was out there for probably about nine months before I moved back to Illinois because it kept me, well, there's a relationship in that mix, but, you know. always is, Ross. always is. But also, you know, we both shared the love for fighting, so uh-huh. that's what kind of kept me out there. Got you, got you. So then um, we come back, you decide, you, you're working out there as an attorney. No, oh, I'm no. actually working out there at the gym. I'm, I'm working out there teaching little kids. Oh, teaching. Okay. I'm teaching martial arts oh, at that point, okay. yes. So but I stayed out there then. You passed... I passed the bar exam in Illinois. In Illinois, in Illinois, you came home, took that. Yes, and then you stayed out there just. To, you're, so you're, you're. Did your boyfriend at the time did a red flag pop up when he's? You're, so you're going back to Illinois to take the bar, but you're gonna come back here to stay. Like, <laughs> well, he was supposed to come back to Illinois with me, but then when we came back here, like there were no. I mean, we searched forever for. MMA gyms or mm-hmm. you know Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, any of that, and there's just in the Midwest, it was very few and far between. So then we we're like, okay, well, we need to go back out to Virginia, oh, okay. and so that's kind of how that happened. I got gotcha. you. Um, so when you finally finally come back, what what when's our first our first law? Uh, job I guess. right so my first job and it sucked because i'll be honest there was like a period of nine months where i was completely and totally depressed you know i had broken the relationship off moved back home living with my mom mm-hmm. i've got this law degree i've got all these law schools <laughs> coming in and because i made so many connections out in virginia that's where i did my internships that's where you went to school i'm like putting out resumes like crazy i mean to everyone i had an idea of what i wanted to do you know somehow work in the government sector but at this point i'm literally just papering the entire Madison County, you know, with resumes. I'll work at the Galante law firm at this point. <laughs> he turned me down, by the way. Yes, I got I still have that letter somewhere. So Dave turned me down. So um, anyway. Come so on, Dave. He did. Uh, so anyway, I finally found a firm. You um, must have not put in there that you were in the military. No, I absolutely oh, had that on Dave, there. Dave, we'll talk about he this He wouldn't even later. give me an interview. He didn't even give me an interview. Yeah. So... 
Finally, I, I know got a he's job. kicking himself about that today. I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> Dave's. Made, I think it was every decision was Dave's ever Dave. made has been right. Dave's with us right now. <laughs> he is with us. <laughs> what do you got to say about that, Dave? <laughs> I think because I wasn't a pilot. That's what his problem yeah. was. I was a jag. <laughs> he didn't care that I was a mechanic before. I was still just a jag. Anyway, so I finally found a job. I landed a job at a great firm um, in Collinsville doing plaintiffs litigation, which I never in a million years, you know they get this kind of rap as ambulance chasers. And so, you know, as an attorney, when you don't know what they're actually doing, you're kind of like, oh, I don't know if I want to be that. Um, but I landed a great job with a great group of attorneys and, you know, just helping people, helping injured people. And I loved it. So I was there for about 10 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and at some point you went to Madison County to the state's, state's attorney's office, yes. right? Was that yep. after the 10 years? Yeah, that was after the 10 years. I started out as a part-time uh, uh assistant state's attorney in the Collinsville docket so I kind of while I was still doing my full-time job I ran the traffic docket in Collinsville because they've got some area courts and that's that was kind of my foot into the mm -hmm. state's attorney's office now tell us okay, at that uh that first firm you like a plaintiff's attorney like what like tell us what that is like okay doing so what, like? no sure so it's pretty much um you know auto accidents, medical negligence, employment discrimination, mm -hmm. those sorts of things where anybody, you know, who's been hurt or injured um, and files a lawsuit against somebody else. So that's what I did. Gotcha. And then so you started kind of at the state's attorney's office and kind of like, hey, this is more my jam. It, it was. Probably, make, probably making a lot less money. A ton less than money. Than for <laughs> being a plaintiff's attorney, yes. but, but you're doing it for the cause. It was. And it was more, that's kind of what I've always wanted is that government work. And, you know, I love, I'm such a nerd when it comes to constitutional law. I mean, that was, but there's no money to be made in constitutional law here in the mm -hmm. Midwest. But it was kind of at least getting me into a little bit of the criminal law. And so that was my jam. Is there money to be made in constitutional law on the East Coast? On the East Coast, yeah, if you're, you know, an expertise, a scholar, mostly uh, professors, but there are a few, you know, of course, on the right and on the left, depending on what the issue is, that they can make some pretty good bucks doing that. But hmm. um, So then we part-time, so we go, we go full-time there? Is yes. that how that... At one point, I kind of quit both jobs, and both my husband, my current husband now... Um, I never had a past husband. I don't yeah, know. Why I just both said my husband's. <laughs> I'm like, okay, whoa, <laughs> oh, okay, deep here, Sarah. Tell Mike, you Mike's gonna love that part. <laughs> my, we can't edit. Remember, <laughs> my only husband, who's also in the military. Sorry, babe. I don't even know where that came from. Um, he, we, he was working up in Springfield, and so then I decided to get a job working for the full time for the Illinois National Guard as kind of a staff attorney. I hated that. I absolutely hated it. It was like federal regulations, state contracts. I mean, it was miserable. Um, so I was there for about nine months, and then I contacted the state's attorney at that time, and I was like, please take me back. <laughs> please take me back. So then he hired me on uh, full-time, making a lot less money, but it was closer to home, number one, and actually doing things that I love to do. Right, right. Yeah. And that's a lot of the state's attorney and stuff. Like, I don't think a lot of people know that, they make way less money than they could anywhere else. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And they're doing it because of the cause, because they, they, you know, they're trying to put criminals behind bars and things like that. They make, I mean, an eighth, a sixteenth, oh, a one thirty second yeah, of it's, what? It's pretty bad. You know what I'm saying? It's some of the, some of the big firms around here. Right. And know? I think it's, that's why the government offers, I think it's like a 10 year, I wasn't, I didn't get this uh, benefit, but you know, for those state's attorneys who've worked in the public sector, even public defenders, you mm -hmm. know, 10 years, they'll forgive a lot of your law school loans. You, you just can't get anybody to take your loans. No, can you? No, <laughs> Should have brought them gifts. <laughs> 
No, but you're absolutely right. And that's why a lot of, and, and I think they get a lot more trial work too. You know, if you're a gung-ho attorney, you're starting off just in the private sector, you're likely going to sit in a bunch of depositions, but you're not going to be in trial. And so usually state's attorneys, you get a lot more courtroom experience. Gotcha. And we haven't touched on that. You, you became a judge or a judge now. So yes. where, when did, did you like, did, when did you see, Hey, that's what I want to do? Or did that ever happen? Or did someone come to you or how did, how does that, how does that work? It, it was kind of a random thing. I mean, I think in the back of the mind of most ter- attorneys, that's like the ultimate of your career. You know, mm-hmm. never in my life did I think you I feel would like be... you're the boss, yeah, right? Yeah, you did, you're the a, judge. I mean, they even give you this title, like judge, like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That just sounds like you're above everything. No, still to this day. I think it's been like six or seven years. And when the deputies are like, hey, your honor. And I like turn around. I'm like, who, who are you talking to? You it's know? like when a cop car sitting in your driveway and you're the one driving it, Ross. I, I can't get with it. <laughs> the, the police are here. Oh, I just scoot back a little bit like, well, oh, yeah, you're talking about making fun of yourself. Yeah. I, I can't get over my The judge still has student debt. <laughs> She's a judge. Pay the student yes, debt. That's for her. gone. God. Wave, wave a little wand and that's gone, you know? Oh, that's funny. So uh, that was kind of the ultimate goal. And how do you make your way in? So Sure. I, I, and it, it's very tough. So, you know, as I mentioned, it was something that I thought, you know, man, down the road, that would be awesome. But it's such a hard, I mean, it's there's only 23 judges in Madison County. So, you know, nine of them are circuits. The rest are associates. Associate judges are appointed. By Associate judges. Are, this is also, I know a lot of people don't who's elected, yeah. who's appointed. Yes. I'm not even going to try to figure it out. Most but people don't know that, no. but, but that's what I, that's how I started. So I mm-hmm. was appointed by the circuit judges. So I started in 2015. They liked you. So they liked your work. Is that how they work? They, they like your work. I feel like I was kind of a dark horse that kind of came probably in. Nobody, them nobody, gifts. Rush, <laughs> Rush, you probably brought them you gifts. You know how to do it. No, judges can't <laughs> accept gifts. We can't yeah, accept okay. gifts. Well, yeah, these aren't gifts. We can give. We can give gifts. Charity donations. <laughs> no, it was, I, you know, unfortunately it was a, a period of time in 2015 and you probably don't know this because it's just a lot of the local population doesn't. We but know there a was, lot. There was kind of a purge in the, I don't know if you remember this, in the associate bench. They got rid of five uh, judges, which is mm-hmm. kind of unspoken in, in the state of Illinois. So at that time, there, one of my good buddies, um, Randy Gorey, we were happened to be out at Big Daddy's and he's like, you need to put in, you really need to put in. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm 38. No way. Like, I'm not ready to be a judge. So I said, what the heck? And I made it. So I I put in the first time and I didn't get it. But then the second time with these, you know, five, we call it the purge. I know that sounds horrible. Mm -hmm. But with the purge, you know, it's very kind of political the way certain circuits would have somebody that they're trying to get other circuits to vote for. Well, I think I was kind of, I didn't really have one individual circuit that was backing me, but I think they were just all kind of like, well, she's okay. I got no problems against her. So mm-hmm. I kind of snuck in. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like a dark horse that people right. were just like, yeah, everybody had like somebody, they would have other people like, oh, I love them. I hate them. And yes. no, they're not out. But you're just kind of like, you know what? What, what about Sarah Smith? Right. Oh, I don't mind her. You like her? She's got some military. Kick her out of bed for eating crackers. <laughs> okay, that didn't work in that. Sorry, <laughs> that didn't work there. That didn't work in that. Scratch that, Ross. Delete that later, okay? <laughs> you know, she's a military. She's a veteran. There's right. nothing, you know, so I didn't have anybody. I mean, don't get me wrong, because there's some circuits still on the bench that are my colleagues that, that did. They were very supportive of me. But I think mm-hmm. I, I think I kind of snuck. And I'm so grateful for that opportunity. I mean, it was a huge, huge, uh, you know, accomplishment. So I was a circuit judge from 2015 until uh, 2018 when I ran, excuse me, I was an associate judge from 2015 to 2018. And then I ran for circuit in 2018. 
And that that's the circuits are elected by the population. Mm -hmm. So that was a contested election. So that was your first like. Yes. So how was that? The, you know, the campaign trail and uh, it <laughs> this kind of just delves into the rest of my life. But it was my first <laughs> taste of just how brutal politics can be. I mean, it, it's and it was like right at the beginning of, I think, my personal view of when this country has just kind of just fractured. It was OK. You know, I. I am very um, moderate. I reign as a Democrat, but I'm a very moderate Democrat. And honestly, at this point in time, I feel like I'm more independent just because both parties drive mm -hmm. me crazy. So I was able hey, to reach... Hey, <laughs> independence in here. Yes. Which as a judge now, I'm supposed to be independent. So We're it's very easy me, you know, for me to do right. that. But, you know, I had a lot of people because I would go out to, you know, I'm from Morrow. So mm -hmm. I connect with, I mean, I, I was, a, I did Tessel Corn, although, you know, yeah. uh, like those are my people. So I would go out on the East End to a lot of these farmers and a lot of the homecomings out there. And some of the other Democrat officials were like, what are you wasting your time out there? That's all red. I'm like, no, it's red not. Red neck. <laughs> I fit right in. <laughs> I'm like, these people just have to get to know you. And so then if you actually talk to people and you tell them about your background and you tell them what your beliefs are and when you connect with these folks, I think they can see past, or at least back in 2018, they can see past the label, you know. So I was successful in 2018. I had a great um, run. I think I had the most votes out of both sides of the aisle. Wow. So I was very happy about that. That's amazing. Yeah. And so that's where we still are now. Correct. Correct. And so the shirt you're wearing yes. was my race that's, we, about in time we talk, I was, about I was time. hoping that shirt was going to be in the bag for me. About, <laughs> <laughs> about time we talk about this shirt. So I have a shirt on that says, love people more than you hate their politics, which I, I don't where, I don't remember where I saw you or if you had it on a picture online. I saw it like, I, I got to have that shirt. I, I feel like that, that shirt. shirt was ahead of its time. Like it's so good for today. It, yes, yeah. yes. You know, well, Thanks. Ross, it was only like a year ago that this. Oh, uh, this isn't from 2020. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 it wasn't the 2018. Okay, yeah, it was. Yeah, no, was, I think you did. I think you reached out for me. And you're like, I gotta have a shirt. Yeah. I'm like, are you sure? And then she, her one and only trip to the Thunderdome, Ross, the old Thunderdome. Touché, she, touché. we were kind of starting Rest circuit, and she like the chaos. She like brought it like a shirt and a hoodie into me. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Yep. So yeah, and then I made a video. Video, which I, I shared on the if you go to Eat Slay Live page, I shared the, a video I made like talking about the shirt. It was a pretty, right. it's a pretty a good little video. video. Yeah. It was a pretty good little video. I felt like it? a celebrity. I mean, it was huge. <laughs> I think you? it got like four thousand <laughs> views. Oh yeah, uh, it was. It was probably uh, my campaign because I shared it, reshared it on my campaign page, and that was probably the most watched video on my entire page. And I've got ten thousand <laughs> hey, followers. Campaign manager, Todd. Right here, Ross. Right? Yes, right. Write, write that down, Ross. Yes. <laughs> but you know, the funny thing about that shirt is so the more so 2020 campaign was absolute hell so i was running you gotta run every two years no no so, she was trying uh, trying for something you, oh, okay yeah You're kind of out of your district away from your sort of people weren't 100%, you yes because i know so, someone i knew someone who was kind of in the whole political realm like well she's what she's going for isn't really her people. She's stepping away. Sarah and... likes to be the dark horse. You know? She likes to be the one that... <laughs> this one was very dark. <laughs> so, so so, in 2020, what did you run for? I ran for appellate court. So we are in the third judicial circuit, which is Madison and Bond. And so that's what I'm elected as now. In 2020, there were no other Democrats that were wanting to run for this spot. And I was like... and. And this kind of just goes back to the way I've lived my entire life. It's like, don't tell me something can't be done. Don't tell me I can't do anything mm. because you best damn believe I'm going to go and go as hard as I can to make it happen. And plus, I feel like the population should have, even though I knew my chances were really slim, because the 5th District includes um, 39, at that time, included 39 counties from Taylorville all the way down to Cape Girardeau, like 
huge area and it is very conservative down there. But I'm thinking I had such great success in Madison County. I had a lot of crossover votes. I'm like, military I can background. handle this. Military background. Yeah. I'm like, I can handle these guys. No, it is a totally different. I mean, and the crazy thing about that shirt is the more I pushed love people more than your politics, the more hate I got. I mean, it was insane. Some of the messages and the things that I, I retract my statement. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. I mean, I've had to have extra patrols, Edwardsville Police Department, you know, coming around. There were people coming after my kids. People over that me. slogan. Yes, I love it. It was insane. Tell them to come after me, Rose. No, no. <laughs> um, but you worked your nutsack off on I that did. campaign. I like did. You were, I mean, I followed you. Do you know what I'm saying? You were everywhere all the time. And yeah. at that, and you're still working your job. Correct. Right? Your, your full-time job. And you're still, yes. in the, still in the military. And then COVID hit. So mm-hmm. my kids were remote school. And then within the last three months of the campaign, my husband deployed. It was it was the worst experience of my entire life. And I've been to Afghanistan. Like, campaigning in 2020 was the worst experience of my entire life. I'd rather go back to ex- Afghanistan. I'm not joking. It was yeah. that bad. It was bad. Yeah. That was a big statement. That yeah. was a big well, statement. Well, I meant it. I mean, You it's... know, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get off topic here, and um, but sort of, you'd, when the Afghanistan thing, the, the, the whole... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Withdrawal. Withdrawal. I almost said retreat. The, the withdrawal from Felt Afghanistan. Like <laughs> you know, one thing I've always liked about you, um, besides your gift giving, is that is like you just kind of put like on on you know we're Facebook friends and you just kind of put what you're thinking out there and you know what I'm saying you don't really care about like like what you posted. I hate to do this, Ross. I hate to say what I'm going to say. Almost seems like a Republican thing to post. Sure. But sure. You and a lot of, of people cons- have said that. You know, and so you kind of centered. And it, it got a lot of traction, hundreds of shares. And you just kind of, you were just honest. And like, because you, you've been to Afghanistan how many times? I've only been once. Only My once. husband's, husband's been twice. And twice. he was literally, he just got back within a month from the withdrawal. So um, it was very close to home. When, when was he was over on. there, did he have any idea that this might he did. Happening? He was actually in charge of planning for, um, they're called special immigration visas, so it's all the interpreters that helped us. The government promised, hey, look, you help us, you put your life on the line, you put your family's lives on the line, by helping the U.S., we'll give you a visa. Well, that, as we know, that didn't happen, but my husband was in charge, he was actually the commander in charge of the group that was creating um, bases for these SIV applicants. So in different areas, like in um, Kuwait and in Germany, um, so he was staging all those bases, which he started staging them in January because they knew the withdrawal was supposed to be there, um, that they knew the withdrawal was supposed to happen at a certain time. Well, not a single person came through those bases before the withdrawal actually happened. So it, if people out there, because our, our listeners are even less smart than we are, so they, they these Af- Afghans? Yes, they're Afghans. They uh, did a bunch of work for the, the U.S. military, U.S. As government with promises that they'd get visas and they would be able to exit the country. And so that's, and they, they were putting their lives on the line when they were doing this, right? They were shunned. They were, they couldn't go to the mosques and things. Did I say that right? Yes. You said that absolutely right. Yeah. And and things like that with, and they put their lives on, they get, they got beaten and tortured while this was going on. Their families, some of their families were injured and killed because of the work they did for the U S government. But they did that work thinking that a better life that they were going to, uh, that they were going to be, you know, able to come to America or to get out of there. Absolutely. And so next thing you know, they just did this quick uh, withdrawal, bam. And those people are like, I just did all this. Right. And 
<laughs> they're watching the planes, these Americans who are supposed to be taking them with them, gone. Yeah. Gone. And they've done all this. They went through hell helping and then just to be left stranded there. 100%. I mean, I... I and then I, things got... And, and they and then when the bad things were happening to, happening to them when the U.S. military was there kind of protecting them, then their protection is gone. And they're just standing there. You know what I'm saying? And they're mostly peaceful people, like interpreters and things oh, like that, right? And they've been screened. Like a lot, of, a lot of people don't understand. In order to be an interpreter, you have to go through a huge security screening. Mm-hmm. You know? And my, my interpreter specifically had... An SIV packet, so it's a visa application packet for interpreters, since 2015. Since 2015, he has been approved and it's just been sitting at state. But here's the deal is, of course, you know, it takes a lot of money to get these folks screened and make sure they're, you know, good to go and -hmm. not involved with the Taliban. He kept getting promises and promises and promises. Well, why would the U.S. take him out? Because he's providing a resource for them. So anyway, he was actually, the day that there was a, the service members were killed, there was an attack on Kia he actually texted me within like 30 minutes after that bomb went off. He had been called to the gate and, you know, hearing a grown, first of all, having a grown man telling me, please just take my son, my one-year-old son. You can just take him, get me out of here. You know, having a grown man beg for you for his life to save his life is just something I never want to experience again. But then for him to show me the video of just mass casualties and and he's crying from his gut you know because he was called to the gate saying he was going to get ready to get on one of those flights the bomb went off or you know the ied went off and you know your husband like he he tags he tags you in a lot i don't think i'm facebook friends with him he tags you in a lot of things and i saw a video of a, like a woman getting beat over there and you just hear her screams and it's yes. just it's it's horrible you know a lot of us as arrogant americans we're like we it's another country we I, we think of them as people but we don't do you know what I'm saying? No, like, I, I if that it. was an American getting beat right there when it was on video. We, we going insane. Right. Well, because they're in a different country and we, we don't count them as the human race. We count them as, right. you know, somewhere, somewhere else that we don't care about as much. Exactly. And the know? media pushes all sorts of garbage out, but it doesn't show. I mean, even when I was in Afghanistan, you know, I would see these girls who literally little girls who were going to school who had acid poured on their faces by the Taliban. And I'm like, why is this getting why? Are Americans not understanding, you know, why we're over here? And it was frustrating because, you know, this wasn't getting the media coverage. And it was so frustrating because these little girls were so brave, you know, wanting to fight against the Taliban. And then they're getting acid poured on their faces. You know, we've got women who are just being mutilated. And none of this is hitting the press and understanding why we're over there. You know, it isn't just a political war. It's we're really making changes. And I personally saw that firsthand the 13 months that I was over there what we were doing to help spread democracy. So it was very frustrating because it does, I think, you know, kind of Todd, going back to your point, you know, we just think it's in a different country, not any of our business. We got our own, you know, things to worry about. And it, it can be frustrating. Right. Um, and I think you you talked about, and I think, quote, battle buddies over there who, like, many have committed suicide. Oh, yeah. I mean, my husband just coming back from Afghanistan was when all of this hit the media, you know, and one of his good buddies who he just deployed with had, you know, uh, his his wife was pregnant, and he's got a seven year old little boy, and he shot himself in his bathtub, because a five time combat veteran mm-hmm. who would think you would you know he'd have balls of steel, but it's very hard as veterans to see all of this division in our country and all of this crap on the media. You, you it come back, us. you've poured your life, you've put your life on the line, you know, and saying you're proud of what you've done, and then you come back here and like nobody gives a crap. 
and, right. and they're they're kind of mad about it. Yeah, and they're, they're and they're making it sound like you guys were in the wrong. And I, do you know what I'm saying? I, I it's it's frustrating, I, and it's again, you know, the conflict of oh, we were over there for 20 years. Did we do anything? And I'm like, no, we did. for 20 years, girls got to go to school without mm-hmm. having fear. Women were not mutilated or raped. There weren't. You know, there weren't nine-year-old, you know, child brides. We made a great impact. I'm upset that we did not keep our promise to those people like my buddies who are still over there, still mm-hmm. trying to get out, you know, still hiding, you know, like the Supreme Court judge I think I was telling you about that for six hours, every, you know, right when it happened, she came home one day. This is an Afghan, and I'm sorry, I'm kind of jumping around on topics, but this is an Afghan, female Afghan Supreme Court judge. She has prosecuted so many Taliban for all the atrocities that they did to women, some of them even to death. She comes home one day and her gardener's body's laying in her bed, beheaded. And she's like, literally, we left this woman there. We left this woman who did so many great things there in country. And so she's, you know, I was, when this all happened, I was kind of involved in some of these, not secret groups, but, you know, a lot of retired special forces, a lot of retired government contractors. We all kind of bound together, kind of like the Pineapple Express. I don't know if you heard about that. We got together to try and, you know, evacuate these folks because we knew the government was going to do it. So we knew we had to use different resources. And so I connected with her. Um, and with some fantastic lawyers in Madison County. I did not solicit the funds, just to keep that out there, but <laughs> some fantastic attorneys in Madison County put together a lot of funds that helped her finally um, get out of theater. But she was going every six hours from safe house to safe house with her family because the Taliban was after her. Wow. And again, this never made the media. Yeah. Only the negative stuff, only the mm-hmm. stuff that can divide us makes the media. And you know, I think as you know, Todd, and I'm sorry I'm talking so much, but you know, when you join the military, you don't care who it is in the foxhole next to you and the trenches next to you. You don't care what political party they affiliate with when they're running towards the enemy. You know what I mean? For us, there's so much more than just our political beliefs. There's so much more to us than just the label that people put on us. And it's frustrating when the rest of America can't see that. And it's just, that's why there's so many suicides, veteran suicides, because to us, it's like, God, we're all Americans. We're all humans. What happened to humankind? And so I think that's what, why... Veteran suicide rates are so high, especially lately. So under, I mean, one, they've seen so much trauma, and two, they just feel unappreciated, and everything they did was for not, and, for and they almost feel like it was for the wrong reasons because that's what they, that's what's put in their face all right. the time. You know, you kind of ended that your your post on here said, "This is not right. This should not be happening, and we should be ashamed of ourselves." And, and let's go. Let's get back because I I I don't know that post. Mm-hmm. You were talking about it earlier, but you just you just said what was what? Explain to our audience about this post. Did you touch on that yet? I, I did. You did. I did. Yeah, it was I just a post she made when the, when the Afghan thing was uh, Afghanistan thing was really like hitting hard. It was a, it was all over the place. Like she made this big long post, and like I said, it it could almost seem like a Republican. You know, I hate uh, that, that, that that would even seem like no, it did. Uh, and it, and, and I'm saying it's and I got a lot of my Democratic friends that called me out. Well, on because it. it seems like you're going against the president, yes. basically, who's a Democrat. And right. You cannot, if you're the same political party, you can't go against someone no. who's a different political party. And, and I would you know? call them out like that. I'm like, you're being so hypocritical. You would get so mad at all these Republicans who would just blindly follow Trump. Well, here. I do not agree with what our president did. Mm. I'm not going to just blindly support him just because he had the same political party that I did. It was wrong. It was completely wrong. You never, I mean, this is just basic. Even non-military know this. You never pull out your military first. You know, they're always the last to leave. We're always the last to leave. And it was just a shame. It was very, it was a really tough period of time in our household. The military knows that. The military expects that. Yes. 
Yeah. And when you're in the military, like it's you're just one big sort of melting pot, and no one cares about their political views. And you may give each other crap, but you're always right. have each other's back, and you're always on the same team. Yeah, you know. And, and usually you're giving each other crap because oh, you're an officer, oh, I'm enlisted, oh, you're right. you know Marine, I'm an Army. I mean, that's what we give each other shit yeah. about. And, and, and the funny thing is, is like in the military, like if if there's a black guy or a white guy or a Spanish guy, you can kind of rip on each other's like you're ethnicity or whatever and you're not being racist that's just what you do right you know what i'm saying but then once outside of that and on the media and social media it's like oh you're you know what i'm saying it's just it's it's so different outside of there it is you know you know, it's always fun to rip like in basic training, always ripping on where people were from. You're from West Virginia, you know what I'm saying? Is your cousin in your locker? You know, it oh, was absolutely. just, you know, it was just, yeah. So it's just. That's, but that's how we bond because, you know, it's such a stressful when you're in even basic training. I mean, on the stress that you're under there, that's kind of your relief is just busting each other's balls, I guess, for yeah. lack of a better term. Yeah. You know, that, and that's also how you bond. And that's how it's those sorts of things that make you realize, you know, I know this guy's going to have my back. You know, and I need him to. So, so Ross, um, so uh, Sarah has has gotten to the rank of Colonel. Yes. Correct. Yes. So I, my in my uh, illustrious uh, military career. Now you don't know, but you're, you're civilian. You're lowly <laughs> civilian. You're welcome for your freedom. Okay. So I. I made it to specialist. Okay. So you're probably thinking, you're like, oh, specialist. You're like, okay, that sounds pretty high up. I haven't really even heard of that. I've heard of colonels and generals. And you're probably like, Spe- ooh, like specialist in what? That, right? Isn't that what you're saying? Yeah. Specialist in what? Yeah. I, I'm just going to take some time real quick. And I'm going to, I'm going to say my rank and then I'm going to do the ranks, say the ranks all the way up to where Sarah's rank is. Okay. I mean, okay. Well, we're going to start at yours. It shouldn't take too long. I mean, because specialist, yeah, colonel. Specialist. I'm a specialist, man. Specialist. Yeah. Okay. Okay, specialist, that's me. Uh, sergeant, staff sergeant, sergeant first class, master sergeant, first sergeant, sergeant major, command sergeant major, sergeant major of the army, warrant officer, chief warrant officer two, chief warrant officer three, chief warrant officer four, chief warrant officer five, second lieutenant, first lieutenant, captain major, lieutenant colonel, colonel. So we were about pretty much, and then there's, after that, then there's uh, like, four or five other ranks but you can see we were we were pretty much this we were close know, yes close. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 i mean i don't it, it, it's kind of awkward when she came in should she salute me should i salute her we weren't sure what to do you know what do you know what you did ross we just hugged we just uh, we, That's right, we, damn it. we weren't quite sure you know <laughs> but we were on the same team you know um so you know one thing that uh like just looking at, you know, kind of going through and I did some some research on you. It's just how much like charity work and philanthropy work. It seems like it it, it almost seems like you're uh, like being a judge and being in the military. That's just sort of paying the bills. But it seems like your your passion and what you're really doing is is your charity work. And Ross, one of the awards, a couple awards that she has. And, and you're going to like this just because it ties in with something that we love so much and with uh, our last guest. Uh, Al Womack, Al Womack, who's the executive director of the Alton Boys Club. So in 2018 and in 2019, uh, Sarah was given the award of the Boys and Girls Club Ambassador Award. Yes. So Damn, my girl. Ambassador. One, of Ambassador. My, <laughs> one of my very special awards. I oh, love yeah. Al Womack and the kids at the Alton Boys and Girls Club. I mean, they're now, just near and dear to my heart. Now, that's kind of like the specialist and colonel. And remember, 
Ty was uh, like youth of the year, youth of the year, and she's ambassador of the year. I mean, it's kind of like the specialist colonel thing, kind of, don't you think? <laughs> I mean, very similar awards, right? So, and and we're going to ask you to brag about yourself for a little bit, but that's what we do in here. Uh, so, why why did you get that award? Yeah, yeah, this is the uncomfortable part. That's of the okay. Interview. That's hey, we're okay. making you. That's all right. Okay? All we're right, making all right. you. We're hey, we're we're waving Dave Galanti <laughs> face covered socks in front of you to make okay. you just 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 I'm, relax a little. Yeah. No, so you know, I met Al um, probably back in 2016, 2017 through a mutual friend of ours, and I immediately knew I wanted to get involved in his group. Um, I just I just had a connection with Al. I mean, well, you guys had him on the interview. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is just an amazing person, heart of gold, cares about the kids. And I said, what can I do? You know, let's see what I can do to get involved. I said, there's one thing to kind of write a check, but I said, I want to actually talk to these folks. So I first started with um, a young girls group, and we had a sleepover event, and I kind of came in, and I brought... Um, as cheesy as it may sound, but I, you know, made some magazine stuff to make vision boards. Mm -hmm. And so we all came in and they got to ask me all these questions. And then I stayed there for till about midnight or so. And then it was like a sleepover event there. So that's kind of how I first got in. And then after that, he would just have me come as a guest speaker every once in a while. Um, I've chipped in kind of with their golf tournament a little bit and help sponsor that. And unfortunately, since COVID, I have not been able to get back there, which I've, I've reached out to Al. So by the way, Al, I know you're a listener. Um, hit me back. We'll get back to you and on we that. We don't really <laughs> count him in the nine. Okay. So, oh, okay, so he's not a listener. I'm not sure if Al had even heard of this podcast when he came on. <laughs> okay. Well, then I'll just text him again. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Better do that. Yes. So, we'll I mean, let you know if Al gives us some feedback about this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. About this show. See if he listens. Good deal. I just assume everybody's a listener. Thank you. Know? you. We appreciate really that. Yes. No, so he, I just, I love that charity. But, you know, kind of going back to your main point, the one thing I've been trying to highlight through both of my campaigns is just how many amazing organizations there are in Madison County. You know, just whatever your interest is or whatever your passion is to get involved with, there is an organization out there that's helping, whether it be with children, whether it be with, you know, domestic violence victims, any of the, the gamut. I mean, one of my other favorite charities um, is... Uh, no Child Sleeps on the Floor. That's mm-hmm. out on Alton. And a great group of folks. I've that, seen that. That they literally... Building you know, beds. And I had no idea. beds and handing them out. No yeah. idea how many kids in Madison County do not have beds to sleep in. Mm-hmm. And so this group builds beds. So part of the reason why, you know, try to, I, I tried to really push in 2018, just highlighting a lot of the wonderful charities. And that you need to get out there. You know, folks need to be off of social media, off of the 24-hour news cycle, Get out there. I, I think a lot of people think that you have to have money to be involved in doing charity work. Not you know what I'm saying? Like, right. you have to be rich. To, like, hey, time, they probably need, th- these organizations probably need your time more than your money at this 100%. point. You know they what I'm saying? They need volunteers. They, they, really they probably have volunteers. the money to build beds. They can probably raise the money through, but having someone take the time and come and build a bed. Right. That's probably where the, the exactly they they have a good balance of okay he, here's the folks that have a lot of money but they don't have the time but then you've got some folks that got all the time you may not have the money you mm-hmm. can still give and that's one of the fantastic things about I think that's a country song too you got the time I got the money or something if I not we'll make one yeah I like that and you sit on the you're the chair of the Madison County Pro Bono Committee I think yes I am yes um, co-chair there's another judge that's co-chair with me gotcha um, and talk a little bit about that I mean that's that's just free legal work basically for the people who can't afford it correct and that's something again not a lot of you know 
just regular Joes in Madison County know mm-hmm. about is all, you know, sometimes you hear about all the horrible things in the, in the legal system, but some of the great things we do, we have so many lawyers that are also willing to give their free time and their legal advice to those who can't afford an attorney. So we've got different committees all the way from, you know, eviction stuff, landlord tenant. We also have wills and powers of attorney. We've got some divorce and my, you know, my passion of course is for military individuals and mm-hmm. we've got a whole access of resources um, for people who want to just help people who can't afford attorneys, but have maybe problems in the legal system, maybe like credit card debt that just because of unemployment or whatever it may be, they can't, you know, pay their bills, but we can actually help them. So it is a fantastic group of people and a fantastic group of attorneys who give up their time just for the community. I would love to just sit here and list all her awards and things like that, Ross, but we, we do not have time. I mean, I know you you helped down in Katrina and got a big award for that. Yes. Um, that was that was an interesting experience for I, sure. I can't even imagine. Yeah, we were boots on the ground within 72 hours. Wow. And I'm literally walking through the streets. You know, first of all, you've got military soldiers walking through the streets with, you know, M9s and mm-hmm. fully locked and loaded. But then you're also seeing, like, bloated bodies of mm-hmm. U.S citizens and then i won't go into the details but then you've got animals that are out there you know because we were there very quickly and mm-hmm. so it was kind of like a weird movie scene that was my first mobilization and it's kind of like one of those is like apocalyptic yes. sort of movies and but you were living it yeah something i will it. never forget like yeah. never forget um you were you did get the broad Earned a bronze star over in I Afghanistan. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Ross, I could just do this all day with it. You don't have to. I know. No, you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I we like can talk the about info. I'm, I'm intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Here, I want to shift gears a little bit. Uh, unless Ross has some. Now, okay. I was hoping for more awards. <laughs> I like fucking champions. <laughs> this is what we're dealing with right here. She's a champion, Ross. Believe me. Okay. All right. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the judicial system. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you see some flaws in it? Do you see, you hear a lot of people, their big thing is, you know, you have money. You're, you're getting a lot better representation. You're getting out a lot of things if you don't have money. Oh, what, I would what's, agree what's your sort of take on that? No, and how do we fix it? Is there a, is it fixable? Right. No, I agree. And I think, you know, part of the pro bono committee is seeing one of those flaws, because I think you're absolutely right. You know, when you're going up against some of these big corporations and little Joe, you know, somebody who's making minimum wage, they can't afford an attorney to fight off whatever, you know, creditor or something it is. Of course, the company is going to win because, first of all, they get frustrated. They don't understand the system because it's so complicated. And then they just give up. So they usually get, you know, a default is what we call in the legal system. But yeah, as a judge, I have seen, you know, just from being on the opposite side of the bar, you know, sitting on the bench, I have seen certain areas that need improvement, whether it be equal access to justice for, you know, the rich and the poor. Do I believe um, that there are some, especially in the criminal system, that there are some laws that disproportionately impact African Americans? 100%. -hmm. You know, so I do see those things. And that's where, as a judge, it's kind of hard for me because, you know, the legislature is one that makes the laws. But that's why I'm involved in a lot of judicial organizations, such as the Illinois Judges Association, such as ISBA, that are kind of fighting. We're taking our ideas, giving them to the lobbyists, giving them to the people that matter, and then can let the legislator know kind of what our bird's eye view is of what needs fixed. Yeah, because it does seem like the system is so, con- like if you, like it just as being like a, a regular go- Joe, go and try to do something, you know, uh, it, it does seem so complicated. It is. You know? 
And that's why for anybody out there that are, is listening, you know, we do have a wonderful law library that's down there, access to all of those things. We've got people that are there to assist, you know, individuals on any questions they have. There's so many hotlines out there that people can call. There's accesses and there's resources out there. It's just trying to get the knowledge out to the public to let them know it's there. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing, and this is skipping back a little bit, one thing that Madison County has a, a great one is their child advocacy program. Oh, absolutely. I don't think a lot of people know about that, but it's but it's huge, right? Oh, it is. It's unbelievable, especially in the criminal justice system. I mean, establishing that, and I have not had a chance to, you know, kind of really be on the board or anything like that, but we've got some great folks that are on the board, and just how much that's changed victims' lives to have an advocate there and to have somebody to talk to and to take a lot of the interviewing for any of those kids who, you know, who've experienced abuse, to take the interviewing kind of away from law enforcement who may not be specifically trained and to put it in individuals who are trained to deal with child trauma is just fantastic. Now, say say somebody like that doesn't know about it, Frost doesn't know about it, like kind of tell them what they do. Like you kind of touched on it a bit, but say a, a child is sexually abused. Sexually abused or, you know, physically abused. Generally, and back in the day before the CAC was there, my understanding is that they would be interviewed by law enforcement. And can you imagine, you know, being a three or four year old little kid and having you know law enforcement come in asking you all these questions kind of and and nothing against law enforcement because i they're near and dear to my heart but a little kid's intimidated yeah Yeah. little kids i mean first of all they've just been traumatized and then second of all i don't know how much training they received on how to elicit that information from these individuals so you're saying that nicely (laughs) 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 they don't know what the hell they're doing we got it okay well and i think you know just knowing as many uh Uh you know police officers i think they prefer not (laughs) yeah of course you know what i mean yes um so the cac was developed to kind of take that out of their hands and to help and also to provide the you know for the parents and for you know that that aren't the defendants of course but to provide the parents resources and okay now here's the treatment they need to get here's the resources we have here's the victim advocate that we will have at the state's attorney's office for you mm-hmm. so it's a fantastic so organization someone like that looks like you dressed like you now shows up to talk to them rather than marcos Polito right. showing up like, what happened you know <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know what i'm saying yes. they just feel much more comfortable yeah they're not in uniform you know now they've even got um a service dog there so it's just they're just a great group of people who truly care about you know traumatized children in massa county yeah um what would what would you say to a, a young person wanting to go into the law profession say they're a young person like you like a young knows at a, a young age that they wanted i got what, this one i got this okay one. okay Join the military <laughs> and go to public schools. And go to public schools. <laughs> you got it right there. Right? You got it right there. 100%. No, I mean, you need to know that uh, being a lawyer is not all that it's cracked up to be on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, you're probably going to have some debt unless you join the military and go to public schools. Um, but also, you're going to have to work and read. You're going to have to love to read. You're going to have to love to write and just be prepared that. For the first five years, no matter what they tell you have to pass the bar, you don't know shit. Like yeah, you don't know anything. Right. Like it was that was the hardest thing as an attorney for me. I'm like, what? I passed the bar. I passed <laughs> yeah. the Missouri bar. I'm like this is you know I'm an attorney now, and I'm like, holy crap! They don't teach you a whole lot in law school. You passed so. the bar each time. One time. I did. Yes. Thank first God. First time. Yeah. First time. Well, thank God. Since you asked the question, that would have been awkward. Yeah. Well, and we even I had a guy. Get, hey, I want. I like to give my listeners the truth. <laughs> yes, that's the truth. Yeah, that's, the first we, time. You're the truth machine, yes. boss. Yes. Thank and, you. And the funny thing about that, and this is a total side topic, but we even had a guy have a heart attack right in the middle. And the, 
this guy's having a heart attack. We're up in Chicago. It's the second day of the bar. This guy's having a heart attack. Paramedics are coming in, and the proctor's like, continue focusing on the exam. Focus, continue focusing. Focus. We're just going to roll him over to a corner. <laughs> like, like, what is going on? Am I going to die? You know, so, yes, first time successful. So you've talked a couple times about you liking to read, and I feel like Ross and I are big readers. I'm I'm more of a fiction reader, but uh, so what's your favorite uh, non no favorite fiction book of all time? Favorite fiction would be um, probably Ken Follett. Have you read any of his books? Yeah, I have. Uh, Pillars, Pillars of, of the Earth. Pillars of the Earth is great. My, that's an it's epic my favorite. Book. Epic book. Yeah. And I've I purchased all the you know remaining Ken Follett books. But it's uh-huh. kind of based on that, but I haven't had a chance to read those yet. But that's by yeah. Far a lot my of favorite. he has a lot of spy sort of books. I didn't. I don't love those, but that one, Pillars of the Earth, yes. man, that's a great. And book. he's got some follow ups with the Cathedral Building, like the families after that. Oh really? So I'm, yeah. So again, they're very lengthy, so I haven't had a chance to read them. But that would probably be my fiction. That would be my favorite. Gotcha. Um, not what about nonfiction? Oh, that's tough. Like a like a biography. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I it's love your... so many biographies, but I also okay. Give let's let's have the biography division. Any military, I mean, any you know, grant like all of the military folks, or you know, of course Lincoln and his, all of his books. I love. I've been reading Eleanor Roosevelt's. Uh, I can't even speak right. Eleanor Roosevelt's uh, biography. That's fantastic. So I love any you know political figure or military figure biography. As far as motivational, though, I would have to say. And I can't think of what her, it's called Grit. I think it's by Angela Duckworth. Does that sound right? Uh, I, Grit. I know, I, oh, I know what it's you're so talking good. About. I've, and I've actually have it on my my list, but I, but yeah. I haven't. I've that's read. by far. I mean, that's good. I, I've listened to that at least five times on my Audible. I mean, it's that much like you just go for it. I mean, it's kind of like your sweatshirt. Wow. Nobody cares. Work harder. Grit. <laughs> you gotta have grit. Right. Or lean in. Lean in's, but I think that's kind of like every every female's I, favorite. I don't know. I don't know that one. Well, you're not a female. Ross probably likes it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's the uh, co-founder, I think, of Facebook, I think. Anyway, she talks about how, as females, you know, she was in a very male-dominated um, business. She was one of the only females, and she would, you know, at these meetings, instead of being back and quiet, you always have to lean into things. And so I think a lot of females know that one. But those would be my two, like, motivational ones. And we'd like to, we like to ask people, we haven't done it in a while, but we no. like to ask um, Mount Rushmore. So oh, when, when you said okay. we hadn't done it for a while, I thought you were going to ask her who'd win in a foot race because you made me quit asking that. And no, then, it just it just didn't make any sense anymore because the listeners didn't believe anything besides me winning by a lot. Okay, that's it. Okay. So, anyways, so Mount Rushmore of military leaders. Oh, that's but what would be yours? That's a good one. Uh, definitely Eisenhower. That's number one. My all-time favorite. Dwight D. Ross. Yes. Touch on that a little bit. Why, yeah. why is he number one right off the bat? Oh, for so many So number one, because he is a lot like me politically. So he prided being a general more than he did a president. And one of my favorite quotes from him is that, and I'm going to butcher it, so I'm sorry, but he says, you know, oftentimes people think that the middle of the road is the worst, you know, but he's saying all issues, unless they deal with morality, have a gray area. And sometimes, you know, it's the middle of the road that's the best used pavement. And so I just really relate with a lot of his political philosophy. And I think he was, in addition to his, you know, leadership as a general during the war, but just as a president, he, he and I kind of align a lot. So he's he would be number one. Colin Powell definitely is another one that I respect a lot. Um, 
Patton just because he was just well. Hold on, you can't just smooth over Colin. Oh, I'm sorry, no, Colin Powell. I mean, because he, I mean, he stood out. Number one, just he was a a trailblazer as far as being an African American general. I mean, he was just fantastic. You know, he was the first name when I went out to the War College. It's so cool because when you go out there, you're walking these halls that these great generals walked, and you're at the same school that all these, you know, generals attended. And his was the first name that I looked for. So when you graduate from the U.S. Army War College, your name gets put on this bronze plaque, and it's inscribed in there forever. And it's funny, and kind of a side note, if you are caught to have plagiarized something down the road after you graduated, they strike your name out. Like it's <laughs> it's a line. Like you can still see their name, yeah. but it's a line through it. So. <laughs> I There's like that. Leave the name. Don't take yes. it. No, no, no. They don't you have take to be able to read it. Yeah. You have to be able to but read it. But they put kind of a line through it. But his was the first that I looked for. And it's just, I don't know. He's just a, a very inspirational man. Very much so that he spoke his mind. He didn't care about political views. You know. So he, he's number two for sure. And he was a minority in a, in a giant yeah. leadership role. And kind of maybe not one of the first, but he was, you know what I'm saying? Sure, it's, not one of the first. But I think he was probably one of the most, I mean, I guess... One of the most controversial, you know, as far as, as some of his views. And he, he didn't care. Mm-hmm. He really didn't care who he was pissing off. He, what he felt, he spoke it. He believed it. He walked the walk, talked the talk. You know, he wasn't a, you know, oftentimes we've got some military leaders, and this is a lot that we study in war college about how we have to be very, you know, apolitical as military leaders. But he did not get pressure just based on whatever administration he was working for. He did what he thought was right for the troops, no from matter a, what. From a civilian he seemed like a man who believed in what he believed in and stood his ground on. Hundred percent. There wasn't. There wasn't anybody going to give him. Pre- the president was going to pressure him to make a decision he didn't believe in. He never wavered. Right. He never wavered, and he was not a yes man at all. And yeah. unfortunately, God, this is going to be in trauma. But we've got a lot of military leaders that are yes men, mm-hmm. and that's not good for the troops. So that's why he would be on. Uh, like I said, Patton. I, I mean, just. Everything that I've read from that guy, he was like a renegade. You know what I mean? He was just a ball buster. And he and was like a, a, fuck you. Yes. This is how I believe that we're going to go into this battle and yep. how we're going to succeed. And, and I'm going to do it. Savage. And people were like, and he was no, so that's savage. not how you're going to do it. And then he did it anyway. Right. He still did it anyway. <laughs> he did not give a damn. And he was a soldier's leader. Like he, that's all he cared about was protecting the troops. I mean, just an amazing, amazing human being. He, he seemed... I I, I I really like him so much because he resonates kind of like in the coaching world of where I was a little bit. Like somebody's telling you, hey, I think you need to do it this way. You're 80 or your principal. And he's like, no, this is what I do. Right. Like we're going to do it this way. And then he succeeds with it. And he's, you know, yeah. I just. Yeah. You put me here for a reason. Exactly. So I'm going to do my yeah. thing. So butt out kind of deal. Yeah. <laughs> I always like reading up on him when I was coaching. Oh, he's fantastic. He, he had a quote I like. It's. A pint of sweat will save a gallon of blood. Yep. Something like that. Hard work. I might have got the the, the, the quantities, but yeah, that's right. Yeah, Yeah, hard work. Hard work will do it. Yeah. And then as as far as the fourth, he's not necessarily a leader, but he's a hero in my mind, is uh, it would be Private Lucas, who is a Medal of Honor recipient from World War II. And I don't know if you want me to go into the story about him. Yes. Amazing, amazing um, soldier. So... Back, it was almost the end of the World War II um, in the Volcano Islands. Uh, he had just turned 17. Can you imagine that? I mean, can you imagine some 16-year-olds being in, World War, in the trenches of World War II? 
He had just turned little, 17. Little, little Sammy now can't at 16. Oh, I don't know. You're going to hurt Sammy's feelings. Yeah. I'm fuck, give this it's guy crazy. a back to, Give a guy a gun. Send, yeah. send him to the it's, trenches. It's crazy now because, you know, we grew up, and I'm assuming, you know, since we're the same age, in basic training, we didn't have those little stress cards. You know, like, right. oh, I'm so stressed yeah. out. Please stop yelling at me. Don't, you know. I guess now drill sergeants can't physically touch you was like no back in the day you know back in 90 i got hit (laughs) i was a talker i got hit a lot (laughs) it seems like just from our parents day and age to what a 16 year old was in society mature wise to what i mean just what they are it's a huge difference yeah it's just what they and and i don't even want maturity wise but how you are looked upon of how mature you should be or what you can do for society at that younger of an age oh yeah and we're actually getting taught that as senior leaders you know at the army war college there was a whole course about generational gaps and how we need to change the way we're leading you know these younger troops because the number of a walls, the number of soldiers that are like, oh, I signed a commitment. I don't care. I'm going a wall. You know, it's just, it's 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 kind of insane. But so you know, they're teaching us, hey, you need to figure out this new generation's mindset, and we need to adapt to that. So, but anyway, but so um, Private Lucas, a, a hero, he um, was in the Volcano Islands. It was in the trenches. Um, he had just turned 17 about a week ago, or a week before this incident happened. The war was getting ready to you know end, and he's in the trenches with three of his buddies. All of a sudden, Japanese lobbed two, in, two grenades in, and he immediately, without hesitation, lands on both the grenades, you know, saves all three of his buddies. And of course, you know, just by your faces, you're thinking the dude died, right? He didn't. He survived. After like... Well, really, I was thinking they didn't go off. No. <laughs> he jumped on them. They were duds. No, no. But everybody told the story like, he didn't give a fuck. Yeah, he right. jumped on them. He, he, he didn't know they were duds. Yeah. But he actually... He jumped on them. They went off and he had, I think it was 170 pieces of uh, grenades, like four in his brain, six in his heart. I mean, he had like 39 surgeries. Just a hero, just an amazing human being. But the, f- the best part about him is whenever he was given the Medal of Honor award, you know, you get to do a speech and he's like, you know, he goes, all these people for the past couple months since I've been home have just said, what an extraordinary human I am. What a hero. What an, you know, awesome person I am. But he's like, I'm just a normal, average human being that chose to do something extraordinary. And it's like, yeah. well, I mean, we all have that in us. You know what I mean? Like we're all just, he just chose to do ex- something extraordinary. Yeah. And it was just, I love that quote. And that's just try you know, that's how I try and teach my kids. It's like, he wasn't some, you know, commando like Patton or anything like that. He was just a brand new 17-year-old in the trenches of the Volcano Islands. Would Patton have jumped so, on that grenade? I know, you know what maybe, I'm saying? Yeah, it's, you're right. Uh, you so know, he would be number four. Talking about that, did you know our, our grandfather, Sergeant Margaret's, uh, Sergeant Margaret's uh, husband, uh, father, father, he, uh, Purple Heart award winner in world war ii he had mm-hmm. shrapnel like in his arm that never got taken out and like when i was a little kid i remember oh, like this. he'd like have you you could squeeze it and you'd feel the shrapnel in him that they never took out i remember today like it was yesterday grandma that when they were living up in that trailer mm-hmm. and her telling me that grandpa still has this stuff you're like, like what how he, he, he's alive parts of a grenade in his and then, arm you know later on you know, you're sitting there waiting for him to come in the door and he comes in the door and like, okay. <laughs> yeah you can squeeze it yeah Feel it, was, it. It, was, it was so odd that's surprising it because a lot of vietnam vets who had shrapnel i mean they it's surprising it didn't kind of work its way out because that's one of the things that a lot of vietnam vets who've experienced that it's so painful you know if they've got the shrapnel in their back mm-hmm. i mean that's i'm surprised it didn't ever try and work its way out of there but and, and going back to the the 
what we're talking about the youth back then and today and wars were fought differently back then do you know what i'm saying you didn't like you wouldn't we wouldn't land those boats on normandy now and just here you go run off into you know like gunfire like that you know what i'm saying we'd bring in the air force we'd bring in drones or whatever wars are just fought differently and i'm not saying that war isn't hell anymore isn't still hell and there's not people you know grounded and pounding but back then it was it was you know the the human sandbags just running in oh yeah now it, knowing it's like knowing right. casualties were coming exactly you know what i'm saying and like on that day in, in normandy I, I mean i can't off the top of my head know how many died at that point but like if we fought a war now and that many people died during the whole war we're like oh my gosh we lost this right. amount. you know what i'm saying right it, like i every once in a while like you know two soldiers died today which is horrible but back then like they would have been like thousands died yes. each day. Yeah. You know, which that was is, the greatest is, generation. Yeah. I mean, it really was. And like like you mentioned, I mean, now everything's kind of cyber. So, yeah. you know, all these kids playing Xbox, it's like they're going to be great military. <laughs> they, they really, <laughs> you know, or, or you know. Yeah, so, yeah, I could see it now. A kid sitting at home playing Fortnite and his dad like, what are you ever going to do with that? You're going to be a bum. He's, he's going to become the greatest war hero we've ever had. Right. <laughs> he's so good with a joystick. I don't, do they still use joysticks? I don't even know. <laughs> Manning all those UAVs. and Yeah. yeah. Um, Sarah, here's, here's one. What, what motivates you? What, I mean, you you work your ass off. You have we haven't touched on. You have three kids, right? I do. Three yes. boys, three, three boys. Oh, yes. yes, yes. Which why I respect. You know, uh, one of my favorite podcasts is the one of your mom, Sergeant. So I love it. Oh my god! <laughs> and just hearing some of the stories. Yeah, I got to respect your mom because I don't know how she did it with it, you know. Not not to stop you, but we want to have her back in because she was very nervous coming in and like you know she's never done an interview yeah. for anything in her entire life. Do you know what I'm saying? So right. She was. I think we have her back in with her like war, we should have warmed her up a little bit <laughs> shouldn't give her a shot of tequila <laughs> no no we don't want that but <laughs> not that warm well she's not gonna go to top the story of putting you on the freaking hood <laughs> okay. pouring paps blue ribbon yeah. so i didn't die <laughs> to yeah. save your life i got i got a lot of paps blue ribbon out of that story by the way <laughs> uh what what more I mean, you have three kids i mean you're 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 still in, still a colonel in in the, in the, in the uh, reserves. Uh, you're a judge. I mean, you're. On, we talked about the all these different committees and charity things that you're a part of. And I think you know you and I kind of met on social media, but we didn't. We started kind of just ran into each other at these different charity sort of functions and things. So you're everywhere all the time. What motivates you to do these type of things, and and how do you work so hard and and relentlessly? I think my biggest drive throughout my entire life has just been people either telling me I can't do something or people underestimating how hard I'll work. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm driven not necessarily by an internal thing, but just by negative, it sounds horrible, but like negative energy. When people are telling me, okay, you're, there's no way you can run, you know, in five districts when COVID's hit and whenever, you know, your husband's You can't make it through basic training. You can't make it through basic training. You know, you can never be an MMA fighter. You could never be a Colonel. You could never be a a circuit judge. all those things, it's like, tell me what I can't do and then I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And which is good and bad because, you know, there's a lot of negative energy on this world. And it's like, I think the more people told me, like, you're spreading yourself too thin, I would go even more. And, and in some ways, they were a little bit right, which is kind of, you know, what I'm dealing with now is a little bit of the burnout. But it's definitely when people say, when people underestimate what I can do. You know, that's, that's what motivates me. Now, this might be getting personal. Now, I, I, like I said, I've seen your husband's post on Facebook, and I know he's in the military. It wasn't. Is, is that his full-time job? What, what does he do? So it was. He's now a kept man. 
He's now a we kept like to, man. We like to call that. Yeah, he. All of his buddies tease him. So he's uh, got 22 lucky. years in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got any friends that need they, a kept to man? Because I am highly <laughs> available for that job currently. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna kill me for this interview. But no, you know the man is one of the hardest working people I know, and one of the most selfless people I know. And so he has served um, four combat tours, mm-hmm. including 18 months in Iraq, 13 months in Afghanistan. Just got back from Afghanistan. 22 years in. When he came home, so he was originally full-time up in Springfield, which he stayed once I left and went back to Madison County, and the drive was just brutal. So he was a full-time military member, driving an hour and 15 minutes home and back. We've got three kids. They love sports, you know. And I said, babe, let's just, why don't you just retire from your full-time job? Lucky. You know, and then <laughs> then just stay at home, take care of the boys, coach the boys, do all the doctor's appointments, do all the things that are driving me batty. And so... He's like, you know what? Let's do it. So he is retired from the full-time staff. He is still, he's a battalion commander on the M-Day side, so as a reservist. So he's still in. I'm hoping to keep him in until I retire. <laughs> so Lucky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because, and, I've, and I, I've seen, like I said, I've seen some of his posts, like just talking about how hard you work. Like yeah. I, I, there was, I, I saw one, like, like just you're the hardest working person he's ever met. Do you know what I'm saying? Which I, I, I think is think is is awesome yeah and i wouldn't it was funny whenever i decided to run again you know i had all these guys come up to me oh i can't believe you're doing that you're not a very good mom you're not a very good wife and i'm like do you think that i would do this if i didn't get the okay from you know what i mean we're a team and so he has always been completely supportive of me sometimes he thinks i need to tone it down a bit but he's 100 percent behind every every decision i make we're a team when we make it so Yeah. yeah he's a good guy uh Three boys. I think that all the names start with letter E. e. Yes. Yeah. So what? What were their ages? So Elias is ten, and then I've got Ezekiel is uh, eight, and then Ezra, which was my eleven-pound baby, was uh, he just turned six. Why the E's? I just. So I'm a bigger girl. My husband's like six four. He's a bigger guy. I knew I was gonna have big babies, and once I found out they were all boys, I couldn't. And nothing against anybody who names their kid Cody or Brody or anything like that. But those are like cute little tiny boys' names. Mm-hmm. I had nine and a half pound babies, and then the last <laughs> one was like eleven and eleven pounds six ounces. I couldn't name the. I mean, I needed some good strong e names. So I gotcha. Yeah, I gotcha. I liked it. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Dude, I don't know if you like all four of us brothers weighed exactly the same, and only one I can't remember who it was. One somebody was like either like a quarter half inch longer or uh shorter. I didn't know this six pound, we really? were all six pounds, seven ounces. All four wow. of us, yeah, we that's were unusual. We were half, usually, they get bigger. We were, we were fighting, we, we'd fight like five weight classes down from your babies. <laughs> <laughs> My baby would eat your you guys. <laughs> <laughs> in the nursery that this is the nurses always joke they're like i think these other little preemies are kind of scared of your big guy <laughs> you know one thing i want to kind of touch on and I, i've talked about your facebook posts and how you just you know you just kind of say it how it is and th- this was uh this was one i think it was probably your last one is it a week or so ago and it says just a friendly remind public service announcement thanksgiving is three days away over the past five years, I've seen firsthand how media and politics have destroyed families and friendships. Do yourselves a favor and shut off CNN, Fox News, or any other media source uh, other than the BBC News for the next three days. Use that time to 
to look through old family albums, get out old VHS tapes or family events, pull out old Christmas cards or letters, and remember what it was like before we politicized absolutely everything. We are so much more than our p- political affiliation, folks. Let's remember all the things we have in common rather than the magnifying of all our differences. I yes. love that. Oh, thanks. I, I, I love that. And, and, you know, if, say, say you're a Democrat or you're a Republican, people would say, some people would say that was a Republican post or that was a Democrat report. Like they would make it a, like a team, you know what I'm saying? They want to put you in a box. And that's why I'm so frustrated. And I mean, truly I'm struggling now with where I fall on the political spectrum is because I'm very solid in what my values are and what my beliefs are and what I believe in. And I'm okay. You know, I've got, I've got Democrats that can't stand me and that didn't vote for me. And I've got Republicans that didn't stand, you know, for one reason or the other, but I feel very confident in what I believe. And I know that, not all of my beliefs may fall within this category. Mm-hmm. May Not all of my beliefs may fall within this category. But these are my beliefs. And I'm okay if you don't agree with me about them. It doesn't have to make us enemies. And so we have just become this society where immediately it's like, okay, first of all, we don't even talk about like the gray areas or get into the discussion of where we can meet in the middle on certain areas. It's immediately, who'd you vote for? What party are you affiliated with? And then if you're a Democrat and I'm a Republican, we have to hate each other. And it has blown my mind that it has gotten this out of control where I don't know if it's the media or if it's at the national level that they want to box you in and you have to be, if you're a Democrat, you have to believe A through Z. Yes. And if you're a Republican, you have to believe A through Z. And I'm like, well, wait a second. I don't believe B, D, E, F. You know what I mean? I believe something over here. I believe something over And then I believe a mix of A and B, you know? So. And, And one thing we've said on this show before is that if if there's a Republican president, the Democratic Party, the, the 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 powers that be over there, they want the country to fail. They yes. want gas prices high. They yes. want that so they can seem like that you know the Republicans are losing. They're they're doing a horrible job. Same way when there's a Demo- Democrat uh, president, the Republicans want the country to do bad. They want gas prices up. They want unemployment high. Do you know what I'm saying? Because that means they're winning by by the country losing. Their side is winning. Who's in power? And that's why well, it just until that's taken away, which I, I don't think it ever will. I, I just I don't want to be like, woe is us and the, the, the black cloud guy. Right. But I don't see how it's so far divided. And, you know, it's the the you know, these these giant powers that be controlling everything, how that changes. Well, again, and this is a very Republican thing to say, until there's term limits. Right now, we've got so many leaders who they have forgotten. <laughs> we strongly who, believe in yes. term limits on this show. <laughs> yes. I mean, but again, I'm going to get a, a bunch of hell from my Democrat friends for saying that. But I, that's what I truly believe. It, we have leaders have been around for so long that it's no longer about what's best for the country. It's, oh, hey, you pissed me off this time. Yeah. And so now I'm going to, now I'm pissed. So I'm dug in here. You're dug in there. A couple things I'll, I'll say, and it comes down to me, I, I, I look at it as common sense. Term limits seem very common sense-like. Um, putting an age restriction limit on, you can't be, I don't know, was it 70? <laughs> 70 above? Sorry, you can't run anymore. I don't yeah. fucking care how long you've been. It's, it's 70, yes. no, you're out. I mean, I, 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 my, I'm just saying, 
I don't know if the age is 70, but how old is Biden? How old is Trump? My grandpa, grandma driving, right? You know, (laughs) at 82, (laughs) let alone freaking running the, the, you know, the biggest superpower in the world. You wouldn't hire them for your company to be the head CEO of your company. I mean, the older you get, the harder it is to get a job in a lot of places. Why? And there's a reason. And and, and, And the last thing is as the country becomes more divided or, you know, as the media attempts to um, divide us more and more, I'm a very, and I think he's the same. I know he is, but we're we're not Republican, we're not Democrat. We've, both of us have always been in the middle, and we'll probably always be in the middle. We may lean one way or the other depending on whatever's going on in the world, but it just kind of common sense, or it seems common sense to me, as the right gets farther away and the left gets farther away more people would fall in that category of in the middle like okay they they don't let us they don't let us (laughs) i'm going to okay i believe in what the right is saying here i believe in what the left is saying here i'm now going to look at all of it i'm going to study it i'm going to research it i'm going to vote strictly on what i think is best now i'm left Oh, you're right. Whatever you say is wrong. Yeah. Right. You know, I don't, I don't get, I, I'll never, I don't ever get that. And the funny thing is, is a majority of voters are this way, especially here in the Midwest. I mean, Republicans and Democrats were almost the exact same with very small nuances and very fringe. The funny thing is you can be a voter. And I think a large majority of the voters are that way. You cannot be a candidate that believes that. Because, <laughs> like I said, then right. you've got both sides you that see. are like, "Oh, you're and weak," the, and you know. And then yeah. if you're 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 a voter, you're like, "Well, if I vote for Joe Schmo here in the middle, I'm taking votes away from him, or I'm taking votes away. This person's not the dude in the middle is not going to win. All I'm going to do is help the worst uh, the worst candidate get yeah. get voted in. And when it comes to the politics and people running, I understand it. I would just think more people in the world, especially as people my age, younger, they want to be kind of smarter like let's change things that don't work here's one like don't mm-hmm. just say i'm i'm a democrat or republican right. common sense use your mind research be in the middle i think you we'll come to that I, I truly do i hope we'll come hope to that right. before yeah. we come to god forbid i don't even like saying this but you know another internal conflict like i really mm-hmm. do like i don't want it to be and i think i've i've posted this before i don't want it to be another you know 912 or another 911 before we can kind of unify i'm yeah. hoping that somebody will rise up get it together, maybe have a decent kind of middle of the road independent party that can actually get some traction. Because I think I truly believe 60% of the population, you're still going to have the 20 that are the extremes on each side, but I truly believe 60% of the population is right in the middle. Um, This is kind of rewinding a little bit and going back to term limits and, and like, like age limits is this country is ran by old white dudes old white dudes and and like the the median age for the people running this country the median age and demi- demographic does not match up with the median age the the demographics of the country do you know what i'm saying so they have no they have zero touch with what's going on old white rich dudes run this thing and to your point or actually to ross's point you know there's an age limit that you have to be to run for president so i don't understand why yeah. you wouldn't have it cut <laughs> off on the other end yeah. but you're right it's not a representation of what no it's not the country is yeah but and, it's again it's the term limits they once you get in there and you become such a powerhouse and you've got all these lobbyists and this campaign money, i mean i could go on this is a whole nother podcast but it's it, there's i problems. mean this, this isn't a rip on biden but it's gonna sound like i mean he's been in 
political office for 47 years 48 years something like that it's, it's insanity you know what i'm saying and i don't know and you always see republicans do that whole thing we're like he's been in office 47 years nothing's changed you know but they're semi-right yeah hopefully they'll be changed well i don't know about you guys <laughs> but i could sit here and talk to sarah for five more hours ross i, I could too i've really enjoyed our time <laughs> thank you I, thank you for having me you know what my favorite but seriously though can we get serious for a second sure let's like but just to, i hate to be serious but to close out like my favorite part of this whole thing ross and I, you'll probably agree with me is getting the gifts <laughs> <laughs> i mean seriously <laughs> Thanks, Todd. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Really good gifts. Bronze Todd. You know what? Okay, I did forget one thing. And this this actually is the most important part, Ross. I you know, kinda you know, we, we're screening our guests now. That's how big we've gotten. You know, okay, she won a bronze star. Okay, I like that. That's that's a pro. You know, she uh she boys club, we like that. She's Ross a couple steps above you and rank. Couple, yes, yes. You're welcome for your freedom, Ross. But Ross, I cannot believe I'm saving this for the last few minutes of this podcast. Are you ready? Yep. Are you ready for this, Ross? We're You're sitting down. Sarah was a paper girl. Boom! You know what? I was. She had a paper route, Ross. A paper route. Absolutely. Alton Telegraph too. Alton t- paper girl, paper boy equals success. Hundred wow. percent. Yes, 100%. and then there's you and I that throws that off the curve yeah, off. But <laughs> yeah, what should we talk about? Her time as a paper girl because we always do it. <laughs> I've loved talking to you today. I don't think we have time for that That's story. Okay. Oh <laughs> my god, this is a rip off. This is such a. Rip. She would have to talk. We'd have to go into our whole spiel about having to go around and collect the money and the yeah, Sunday yeah, papers the and that tickets. whole scam and yeah. the, you know, don't get me on that rant. You heard it before, I'm sure. No, this was fun. This, hey, this this was a good time. Judge Smith has more important things to do than spend two hours with us today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're all winking. <laughs> Dave Galani's Christmas party, right? Ah, right, right. <laughs> so again, hey, thanks for coming. Thank Appreciate you guys for it. Having me. I, took well, a while. I forgot about it, but <laughs> last thing, had you guys ever met before this? I don't. Think no, that you had that person. Huh, I think I've actually awesome. stopped him like I did you, I think. Is that <laughs> the something great I thing about Sarah, the great thing about her is I don't think she has, she, she knows no strangers. No. <laughs> she hugged you. Right. She, I introduced her to your wife. Oh, I know her. Yeah. She, okay, you don't mind if I hug you? Yeah. We're hugging. We're... <laughs> I love people. Yes. I don't know. I, what I love that. Yeah. All right. That's well, all I got. Until next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. All right. Little uh, Eat, Slay, Live after show. We'll touch touch base on a Sarah show. A uh, big thing that stuck out to me. I did take notes. Thank you. Um, her campaign slogan. I'm just gonna go there first because I I love people more than you hate their politics. Just to me right now, and, and I I can't believe that she said she got so much back. I guess I can believe she got a lot of backlash on it right now. But I think it's something that maybe people should look at a little more. Because right now, in the state that the world's in, people just, you say you're left, you say you're right, whatever, and people hate you already. Right. And I, I love the fact, love people. Love people more than you hate their politics. That stuck with me. I love it. It's on your shirt right now. It is. Um, Sticking what, with me. Stick. <laughs> <laughs> more, poli- more politicians need to get behind that. Yeah. I guess is what I want to say. Um, 
next thing that really stood out to me was, <clears throat> and I could have listened to this for a while. This could have been its own podcast, talking, listening to her talk about the withdrawal at Afghanistan and getting it from like her perspective from military and being a judge, but more based on the military aspect of it. Um, I seeing it, I guess, or hearing it from her, her side of view was totally different. Put me in a different perspective of understanding it, um, hit a lot harder, kind of made me mad about, uh, you know, I was mad about the way we went about it, but hearing it from her side, I'm like, pissed all over again about it yeah. uh, and even i guess more than i was before and like you said it could be another podcast i mean we didn't yeah. touch on you know a fraction of what she could have said or they're in more do you know what i'm saying do you ha did you re take any notes i did not take any besides all the, these pages of research <laughs> i brought really in, did but... come in hot today on the research <laughs> I, I, I thought I, I was going to just take off the, I was going to unplug my mic and just let you roll today because I had you a came laptop. in, you had a laptop today. I had like a journal type leather bound book. You kept going to your That's phone for more notes. Oh, man, just rolling, just rolling. <laughs> <laughs> Great show. Again, I say it every time. I'll say it again this time. <clears throat> I, I feel so lucky, so blessed just to be able to hear these people bring people in and just hear the stories. We have had extraordinary people on every time. And I just love hearing their stories and makes you want to be better. You know? Yeah. Um, I won't be, but it makes me want to be. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, she, and she hit, she hit this topic a couple times. She said this, um, and I think people should pay attention to it more, but she said the media only reports on what divides us. And, I, I've never been a news guy, but as I get a little older, pay attention a little more. And, and this is so true, especially today. Because if it divides us, it brings in a little hate, and it brings in ratings, which brings in money. Mm -hmm. And people should definitely uh, take, I guess, take what the media gives them with a grain of salt and probably do a little research before they get mad about part, it. Or, if, at this point, if you don't do that and you know can't see what the media is doing then you're just an idiot do you know what i'm saying seriously at this point if you're the people that are watching this and getting back and getting fired up you, dude I, I don't think there's help for them you know what i'm saying well I, I don't want this country to be so divided so i hope there's help for them yeah. you know um you know what and this is back in the day like with the news the complaints were always it wasn't about the device the divisiveness it was about like Every time I watch the news, it's always about negative. It's just about disasters, about about the old woman that was this was assaulted. It was about the, the like it was always there was never feel good stories. They were always yeah. just best. That's that was our parents' complaint about the news. Yeah. Know? And now our complaint about the news is uh, what they do trying to divide us. And it's I, I guess negativity and things like that get ratings, get clicks, get people talking, get people fired up. Absolutely. You know, Back in the day, our, our parents were tuning on, tuning in. They, they said they hated it, but they kept tuning yes. in that generation to see the negative, to see who was shot and killed, to see what house burnt down, to see who got robbed, whatever. Mm -hmm. And now it's... it's Didn't like it, complained about it, but tuned yeah, but in. But tuned in. Yes. And now they have, you know, it's... They've and now Sarah turned the page on that, and now it's it's what divides us. And and Sarah said on that, turn it off. We're, it they, they tune in, tune out. Tune out. You know? Yep. 
Um, I didn't. I've never heard of this. I'm gonna look this up. I hope uh, our listeners do what do as well. But no child sleeps on the floor. Had you ever heard of that? I do. I actually follow them on Facebook. Yeah, I'm, and I'm I know, definitely I know, going I know to give them guys. a follow and and look into that a little more. Um, I mean, I wish you and I could hang a picture on the wall and could build a bed, but, but it's, <laughs> but no, I, I follow their page and I actually know some guys who, who go and have, have done a little bit of that. So yeah, that's an awesome program. And, it, and you said they have a lot, if you fo- get on and find their page, uh, just seeing it and these kids getting beds, it's really cool. Knowing everything that Sarah's involved in, um, I had, and she, you know, dropped that name on that one. It, must be important to her and it must be a good cause so i'm definitely going to look into that and i hope our listeners do too yeah so, so do I. that's all i got you got anything i don't man excited about the new studio excited about our shirts excited about our gifts <laughs> <laughs> as it was great show not because of us but because of the guest as and always so yeah so all right this uh, this has been the eat slay live podcast and we are the lock executioner slay on brother slay on <laughs>